0: weather center 11.
1: It's 64 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. An Atlanta officer fired after shooting Rayshard Brooks could face the death penalty if convicted of murder. Garrett Rolfe is being allowed to surrender after being charged with 11 counts yesterday. The district attorney says videos show him not only shooting Brooks twice in the back, but then kicking him on the ground as he fought for his life. A second officer is seen standing on his shoulders and faces three charges. The 27-year-old father of four died after undergoing surgery. The mayor of Atlanta hoping that police show up for work today after those officers were charged. A large number of Atlanta police officers apparently got the blue flu yesterday after the charges were announced. The Atlanta Police Department tweeted yesterday it was experiencing a higher than usual number of call outs, but it did have enough resources to maintain operations and respond to incidents. Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms told CNN that many of the department's partners have been notified and it will be the true test of police staffing that comes today. A national Quinnipiac poll indicates that 68 percent of Americans believe discrimination against blacks is a serious problem. The poll of national voters shows 67 percent support the protests that followed the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis police custody. Voters in the poll also support removal of the Confederate flag from public spaces by 52 to 44 percent margin. Nearly half of those polled approved of the job being done by police with 44 percent disapproving. Presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden says President Trump's response to the coronavirus pandemic is, quote, unquote, woefully lacking. Earlier this week, President Trump said, quote, if we stop testing right now, we'd have very few cases, if any. End quote. Speaking (laughs) in (laughs) dark, that that would be true. Yeah, Uh, that's not a false statement. Speaking in Darby, Pennsylvania, the former vice president said Trump's comments about stopping testing were absurd and absolutely tragic. Biden said this administration is engaging in self-congratulations while approximately 750 people are dying of COVID-19 every day. Embattled Scott Township Commissioner Paul Abel is resigning after comments he made about State Health Secretary Dr. Rachel Levine. During a virtual meeting last Wednesday, Abel said he was tired of listening to a guy dressed up like a woman. Well, he has resigned, and yesterday the remaining commissioners on the board issued an apology on Abel's behalf. Target will keep paying its workers $15 an hour. The retail giant started that pay in March because of the pandemic and now plans to keep it going for good. The minimum wage will officially increase by $2 on July 5th. Target will also give employees a recognition bonus of $200 at the end of next month. So good for them. Have I think I probably know the answer to this question? Have you ever given another driver the finger? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I'd say they're probably (laughs) only 32% say they've done that. What? There's no way that's correct.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of people are not being honest.
1: That also includes 8% of people who have sped up just to make sure the other driver could see them giving them the finger. Uh, And it doesn't (laughs) stop there. As far as our bad behavior driving, 34% of people have honked at someone for driving too slow 18% 18% have tailgated someone, 12% have cut in front of a bunch of people waiting in line to merge. See, I have mixed feelings mm-hmm. about that now. I used to just scream and yell at those people, but you're supposed to do the zipper method.
0: Yeah, you are. You're Go supposed all the way to up.
1: drive to the merge point and then right. zipper. I mean, I yeah. would never, I wouldn't be the one cutting in front of everybody, but... 7% have stolen a tra- uh, parking spot from someone who is waiting. Mm,
0: that's dirty. Never. Yeah, yeah, that's that's wrong.
1: 7% have driven on the shoulder to get around traffic. 7% have dinged somebody's car in a parking lot and then just drove away. 4% have actually keyed someone's
2: car.
0: Okay, Val. Which- so the, the one thing that is, is so egregious is taking somebody's parking spot I don't know if it's because I loved Bronx Tale growing up, but you you don't take somebody's parking spot because then you have to confront them. There's going to be an altercation in the parking lot. You don't know who's in that other car. You don't know what kind of day they've had. You don't know what kind of weapons they have on them. That is an all-time no-no. Just makes you a douchebag. Yeah. You know what I'm a big fan of? I never really get mad... At things people do to me on the road. Every time I'm in a road rage situation, it's reacting to somebody who's mad at something I've done. Like they're tailgating me or they're too close to me and I'll just shoot them the bird over my shoulder (laughs) and then ride with it up for until I get off the exit or just forever. One hand on the wheel, one hand letting them know that they're number one. I see
1: you. (laughs) The CEO of Netflix is donating $120 million to support scholarships at three historically black colleges. That's enough to cover 200 students over the next decade. It is the biggest donation of its kind. Reed Hastings says it is especially important now to shine a spotlight on those institutions. Arnold Schwarzenegger says he will not work out at Gold's Gym until people start wearing masks while exercising. Uh, he rode his bicycle to Gold's Gym in Venice, California for a workout Tuesday morning. Mm -hmm. It was the first day Gold's was open since the state-ordered coronavirus shutdown, but Schwarzenegger didn't stay long. Front desk staff told him people need to wear masks when they come in and in certain common areas, but not while working out. The 72-year-old Schwarzenegger plans to work out at his home gym until Gold's requires masks or there's a vaccine. Why would you go to a Gold's gym if you have your own gym at home
0: right doesn't he have a gold's gym in his basement
1: especially as a celebrity
0: he's he's not even just a celebrity he's the celebrity that was famous for working out he is right. like the arnold classic like he's the he's the workout guy but isn't that funny that the terminator is like we've got to get some public health <laughs> is not where I need it, uh, I won't be back until Plus he's, everybody's wearing a mask.
1: He's 72 and, and has had heart issues. So he's high risk. What's he doing going in there to begin with?
0: Maybe he just wants to get away from all those barnyard animals he has at his house.
1: <laughs> that makes me like him, though. <laughs> I know, it's
0: great. But he might have like mini horse poop on his dumbbells or something, you know (laughs) what I mean? That is
1: true, the treadmill. (laughs) Uh, Finally, Keanu Reeves is auctioning himself off for charity. The highest bidder gets a private chat with him, but not in person. Instead, it's a 15-minute Zoom call. The auction uh, also includes a custom tattoo design, three vacation getaways as well, a bunch of other stuff there. Bidding ends June 22nd, uh, which is Monday. All money will go directly to Camp Rainbow Gold, which helps kids battling cancer. Forecast today, showers, uh, maybe some thunderstorms possible, 80 degrees for the high. We are at 64 now at DVE. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuit on sports at the bottom of the hour, uh, our producer Joe Rakiki. On the show today, we'll be joined by PFT commenter who was on Billions this week on Showtime. So I want to talk to him about that. I was like, is that PFT commenter? So I Googled it and it was. Yeah, so we'll talk to him about that. And Stan Saverin joining us as well today. It's the DVE morning show. (laughs)
3: I definitely have, like, a list of movies where, like, if I'm dating a girl, I'm like, you gotta watch this. It's very important to me, you know? <laughs> and that's, like, Back to School is one of those movies just
2: for pure comedy. For Bigly talked about this, though. The danger of showing somebody in your current life something that meant a lot to you when you were younger and how that can kind of backfire on you. You're like, man, I, this movie's so, oh, you gotta watch it. That That is the danger, though. There's, like,
3: the chick flicks from those back day And then also the, mm-hmm. the guy movies are even more dangerous because you're like... I remember Porky's being pretty funny, <laughs> and then and then you watch it, you're like, oh boy, I feel like this is this <laughs> this whole movie is, got me too. It's <laughs> like to a it. Law
2: and Order SVU subplot. <laughs> it's brutal. Uh, Porky's does not hold up dude, in any way. None
3: of those Revenge of the Nerds, the any racing This is raid. like this is like.
2: This is problematic. I dude, never use the word problematic. I'm like, oh my God. Dude, they did that on Happy Days, though. They had a panty raid on Happy Days. And it was like primetime television where uh, Richie and, was it Potsy? Richie and, and Fonzie are, are pretending to be girls, but yeah. it's Ralph Mouth and whoever, uh, uh, Potsy. I'd Of like panty raid, oh, and dude. like I was a kid, I, I never dawned on me how creepy and weird that was. You're stealing their underwear. Oh, dude! It's, <laughs> Why?
3: It's
0: that's like what serial killers do. Right? That's like in, in 16 Candles, they steal the girls' yes. underpants, oh, and they're all God. in the bathroom.
3: That's so many of those old movies where you're just like this is this is aging badly. I know, but it, ever that's the big discussion now. Are you allowed to enjoy things from another time? Of course. You, it's a time capsule, man. You you got to you got to I mean, it's I I remember I was watching, I was listening to the uh Lou Reed song, you know, Walk on the Wild Side, right. and it was like, you know, and, and all the color girls say, and my friend was like, "Ooh, that's I'm like, "Are you going to edit it? It's it's it is of its mm-hmm. time." It's, mm-hmm. Like it's like when they tried to edit uh <laughs> Huck Finn. Oh, yeah. And they're like, we got to take it. And it's just like, they were. I think Jesse Pop was a really funny comic, had a, had a joke about it, where they were like, uh, you know, what they called it. N-word him. Jim. And he's like, yeah, he's like, how about just Jim? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like the best take I'd heard. gonna <laughs> I mean, edit it, edit it, like, just take out that word. Yeah.
1: Right? It's a DVE morning show, dedicating that song to Billy Gardell's cousin, who <laughs> we found out the other hey, day never Jimmy- wants to hear that song. <laughs> Never wants to hear that song again.
0: <laughs> so we'll be playing that every it. day from yes. now until the end of time.
1: Uh, things looking <laughs> a little better yesterday for the return of Major League Baseball. Mike, are uh, you going to talk about that and what else coming up?
4: Yeah, or so it seemed. Uh, not sure between uh, the initial report yesterday afternoon and where we are now, how much closer we are to a baseball <laughs> season. We'll get into that. And uh, we'll hear from Josh Bell throughout today. Uh, there was uh, a fascinating discussion that's been posted uh, by MLB.com on YouTube. It's uh, a roundtable, and uh, the title of it is Being Black in Baseball and America. And uh, Josh Bell had a lot to say about both of those things this week. So we'll, we'll dive into that today with both feet.
1: Very good. That's uh, up next. It's a...
3: DVE Sports.
4: I'm Mike Pursuita for DV Esports, brought to you this hour by Keystone Cleaning Services. There appeared to be some legitimate optimism regarding the potential for a Major League Baseball season yesterday afternoon. ESPN.com, among those reporting that in the wake of meetings between MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred and uh, Players Association Executive Director Tony Clark, progress had been made and a proposal for a 60-game season had been sent by MLB to its Players Association. Manfred uh, even issued a statement uh, that provided more detail. "Quote: At my request, Tony Clark and I met for several hours yesterday, uh, meaning uh, Tuesday, in Phoenix. We left that meeting with a jointly developed framework that we agreed could form the basis of an agreement and subject to conversations with our respective constituents. I summarized the framework numerous times at the meeting and sent Tony a written summary consistent with our conversations. I am encouraging the clubs to move forward, and I trust Tony is doing the same. So that sounds like they were just down to uh, signing off on the details, but uh, subsequent reports by ESPN.com and The Athletic detail the union's dissatisfaction with the number of games in that proposal. That would be 60 games. That would get the players uh, their full prorated salaries, but they would only make about 37% of what they would have made for a complete uh, unvirus affected season. That proposal uh, reportedly also includes uh, an expanded playoff format from 10 to 16 teams, uh, Universal DH, the DH in the National League, as well as the American League. uh, Major League Baseball would donate $10 million to social justice initiatives and teams would be allowed to advertise on their uniforms. Going to go uh, full full European soccer on us here to try to recap some of the lost revenue, I guess. But uh, sounded very encouraging yesterday. It doesn't sound discouraging at this point, at least not as discouraging as it has, but uh, still mm-hmm. uh, some ground has to be made up, apparently. Uh, that that uh, 60-game season... Uh, was going to start around July the 19th or 20th, not around. It would have started July 19th or 20th, and it would end on September the 27th, according to ESPN. So there is some t- uh, some room in there to to add games. Maybe they can play 65 games. Uh, maybe they can extend it a little bit longer. Uh, we'll see where it goes. But it, it, it seems to me if they've gotten over the prorated salaries hurdle, the rest ought to be able to be hashed out.
0: Now all they have to do, Mike, is figure out all the logistics of how they're going to do this, and that shouldn't take long at all. There should be no problems there. Yeah,
4: I think the problem, they've got it figured out. The problem's going to be implementing it, and, you know, the no spitting and things of that nature. Good luck with that, but, uh, you know, I think with all these sports, they've got to make, uh, this is similar to what Double M was telling us uh, yesterday. Mark Madden, at some point, you've got to say, all right, we've done everything we can. We're going to try and we're going to have to expect that people are going to test positive and there are going to be positive cases. We're going to have to deal with that. And if we can't, we'll have to shut it down again. But uh, to yeah. to come up with this utopian, foolproof, oh, this is guaranteed to work strategy. I don't, I don't know that that's out doesn't
0: there. It yeah, doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Mike, so, you, know, you know what's funny to me? Is that Manfred sent Tony Clark the letters like just I want to make sure that we both agree that this is what happened in the meeting because we've had this problem before where we leave the meeting thinking that we're both on the same page and then we come back and go no 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 now they have to have a third party basically like they have to go to uh Almost, you know, co-parenting uh, counseling or something. There has to be a third party that's observing what each person has said and confirming it. You know, and I
4: wonder. Uh, I, I the, the initial protocols for baseball came out. I'm guessing about a month ago, and it was a long, uh, long drawn out, detailed uh, report that uh, the. Major League Baseball provided for the players. I don't remember yeah. if that included opt-outs as the NBA's does. Uh, the NBA's policy is that, uh, you know, if, if you feel like you're at risk or you just don't want to do this, you don't have, you know, you can sit it out and it's okay. No no harm, no foul. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if baseball has something like that or not, because it seems to me that the more money guys have, the less motivated they're going to be to go through this and Guys right. that are still trying to establish themselves are going to probably take probably be greater candidates to take a risk. So we'll see where that goes. Of course, the uh, the discussion of social injustice continues to dominate. Uh, that's in and out of sports. Uh, really interesting uh, give and take on that subject uh, that's been posted this week by MLB.com. Uh, Harold Reynolds of the Major League Baseball Network hosted a roundtable that was titled "Being Black in Baseball at America." It included uh, Marlins pitcher Sterling Sharp, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher John Duplantier, uh, Sharon Robinson, who is the daughter of Jackie Robinson, and Pirates first baseman Josh Bell. And uh, Josh Bell was uh, an enthusiastic and willing participant among the uh, subjects that uh, Josh Bell addressed were uh, how he had reacted initially when he heard and saw about the death of George Floyd.
5: At first, it was the same reaction as pretty much everybody else. Uh, Like, what the heck's going on? I feel like people of color saw it as, and again, but across the the whole of America and and the world, people were wondering, how is this happening? Why was there nothing done? This this guy's out screaming, begging. There's a crowd of people screaming, begging, pleading for this this man's life. Um, And as more and more reports came out, it was, it was the same narrative. Um, so initially, it's, it's just further confirmation of the things that my parents told me growing up. You, know, you can't go here, you can't go there. Um, it was further confirmation that you know, I'm more likely to, to you know, be pulled over and, and be charged with something um, than, than people that don't look like me. Um, and it's always a tough pill to swallow. But I'm sure we're going to talk about this next. It's it's awesome to see kind of the uprising and the collective thinking of the masses um, across America and across the world. You know, people are really coming together and voicing their opinions and, and voicing their thoughts about injustice.
4: Yeah, and they, they did talk about that next. And the subsequent reaction, according to Josh Bell, uh, he's had uh, white friends of his reach out to him and, and wonder what they can do. Uh, including uh, a Pirates teammate.
5: I went to a private school pretty much my entire life, um, from fifth grade on, and large majority of, of people there were, were white um, people. Um, and, yeah, I got reached out by more people than ever before. Um, specifically, there's a, a teammate of mine here, Trevor Williams, reached out, and he just asked me, like, what he could do. He was like, I, I've had no idea, and I feel ignorant, not knowing more about this topic than um i should so what should i read he's like how can i educate myself on this system and how long this has been going on and i feel like like the education aspect is huge from this point on like i went to an all-white you know private school for the most part um and like the history classes didn't really dive into like anything aside from like the civil rights movement and like, from that point on, it was like, you know, wipe your hands clean of systemic racism. Like, we're good now. Um, and I feel like that's the narrative. Like, from that point on, you know, segregation is illegal. You know, everything has been fine since then in a lot of people's minds. But if they're open to this communication, if they're open to educating themselves on the system as a whole, I think people will really start opening their eyes and, and think that, you know, I can be a part of the solution here, too. It doesn't have to be like this. It's been like this for a long time. You know, it's got racism by different names, but it's still there. Um, and it, it really doesn't have to be. Um, I don't have to be a part of the problem by not doing anything at all. So it, it definitely makes me hopeful that more and more people are reaching out.
6: Wow. Great stuff. Pretty, uh,
4: pretty compelling stuff from Josh Bell. There's uh, more to come uh, throughout this morning, guys. He, he had a lot to say on that MLB.com
0: roundtable. Mike, I'm um, I'm I'm so impressed every time I hear Josh Bell speak and I'm so proud that he's a pirate and I'm also so sad because I know that that will be short-lived because as soon as he comes up for another contract he's gone. But for now, he's ours. He's a pirate and uh wow, that was incredibly well said.
4: Yeah, it's good stuff uh stay with us this morning to hear more.
1: Thanks, Mike. Uh, Coming up next, we had uh, Steve Blass on the show yesterday around 8.30, but for those of you who missed it, we're going to play it early this morning, talking a little bit about uh, the Mark McGuire-Sammy Sosa home run uh, challenge, not challenge, but fighting to break the record, and uh, the original battle he witnessed uh, as a very young man back in the 60s between... Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris. He talked about that yesterday, so we'll hear that next coming up. It's a DVE morning
7: morning show.
1: Joining us now on the line, the amazing, the wonderful, the always delightful Steve Blass. Yes. Good morning.
7: Good morning. Steve. morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How you do? How you guys doing? Good. Good.
1: How you How you holding up?
7: Well, uh, like everybody else, uh, uh, today's going to be like yesterday and tomorrow, and (laughs) we're going to make the the, the best of it. uh, Steve, I'm guessing. I'm hanging in okay.
4: I I was going to say, Steve, I'm guessing if there's one guy who would know instinctively how to handle quarantine during a pandemic with style, it would be you. Uh, What what have you discovered that uh, may help the rest of us here as we continue slogging well, through no, this
7: no nobody else is married to karen and she's put me under quarantine several times <laughs> uh, so, so uh, i'm, I'm kind of routine but uh in in all honesty guys uh we stayed down in florida for for quite some time because uh it was uh, we felt it was safer there uh, uh you know we're both older uh karen's got some uh existing uh health issues so uh we were down there and uh, you know this this retirement and on top of the the COVID uh, really has allowed me to kind of catch up. Uh, I don't want to make it too dramatic, but Karen was there every day and every night all my years in baseball where I was so preoccupied, and and now it's my turn. And the timing for that particular subject has been good because I've been able to spend more time, be a little more helpful, and uh, I've learned things about domestic life that uh, I never thought existed.
4: <laughs> uh, we're going to just leave that there. or Can you elaborate a little bit?
7: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've learned how to cook. I'm, I'm getting the timing down on the popcorn and, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm real good with cold cereal. Uh, but actually I've been able to help a little bit. So, uh, from a domestic standpoint, uh, uh, I've been I've been happy and, and glad to do that uh, for us, to be quite honest. But it's a it, it's a crazy crazy time. I mean, you know what's what's summertime without baseball, uh, and, and and without we'll the, the, the the community pools not being open, and it just it's it's unreal. It's, it's I still go back to the fact: that whoever would have thought that uh, the planet could be changed in a two month period? It's
4: just crazy. Well, you know, we did get a little baseball uh, on TV the other night, at least a little retrospective on the summer of home runs. And Bill and I both agreed we enjoyed it as much the second time around as we did when it was unfolding. And it occurred to me that the only people that didn't seem to be head over heels, gaga over that development, were the pitchers who kept serving up the home runs. Steve Traxler, in particular. Uh, your perspective as a pitcher as a former pitcher and as a guy who obviously paid close attention to it the first time would you think of that whole mcguire sosa deal the second time around
7: well you know the, the the whole home run scenario got got crazy you know we had the, the steroid era and, and all that but even without that the the, the concept of of uh, the approach to hitting now is to sell out for the home runs and because they're selling out and uh, and and they're swinging at everything high, uh, it's either going to be a home run or or a strikeout. So the strikeouts are up uh, just as much as as the home runs. So the, the whole approach to hitting has changed. Uh, nobody wanted an uppercut swing. Everybody wanted to swing down the ball and create backspins spins so the ball would carry. But the money is in the home runs now. So that has spawned the idea of uh, of pitchers pitching high because if you don't hit a home run you're going to strike somebody out that's a, that's a tough pitch to catch up to when you do you hit it out so uh, the, the sellout for the home runs not only high fastballs but you're seeing uh, which makes me crazy swings and misses at curveballs that bounce literally bounce in front of home plate because the early commitment of the swing because it's easier to hit home runs if you swing early and pull the ball. So it gets into the dynamics that it's a lot easier to swing early and pull the ball down the lines as it is to hit the ball out in center field. So the whole approach has, has evolved maybe from that era into this crazy time of uh, the commitment, uh, the sellout for the home run.
0: Steve, you were there for the uh... – the original home run record, and I'm not talking about Roger Maris. I wanted to ask you, what was it like seeing Babe Ruth hit 60 home runs in 1927 live?
7: Well, you know, when when we got off the train uh, in St. Louis, <laughs> my my fifth year in the big leagues, in you know in, in 1924, uh, it was so much more comfortable. You know, you didn't have to worry about uh you know uh, air traffic control. You just get on the train, play cards. Uh, 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 have a, have a few cocktails during the time, and, and then you, you get off the train and, and you go you go play, and you and you, and you go out and pitch nine innings.
0: <laughs> what seriously though? Why why did what was the thing with Roger Maris? Was that they didn't want the Babe's record to be broken because he was so revered, and he wasn't Mickey Mantle, and that's who if it was going to be broken, that's who it was going to be. What? Why was Robert uh, or Roger Maris given such a uh, an unfair shake in the whole deal.
7: Well, the, kind kind of the, you start with the fact that uh, he was completely opposite in personality to Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle owned New York. He's you know he's outspoken. He you know that that book that was written, The Last Boy. He was he was the all American uh, hero. Uh, Built, uh, and, and, uh, good looks and, and, uh, he owned New York and he was the perfect personality. Roger Maris was very, very, uh, introverted guy. I remember pitching uh, against him when he went over to St. Louis. So the, the personalities didn't do any, any justice, didn't do any good for, for Roger. He was, he was a rock solid baseball player, but he wasn't a born Yankee. Yan- uh, Mantle was a Yankee. Mantle was, uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, clean cut at that time, the perception uh, 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 of of a Yankee, <laughs> and, and a continuation of Babe Ruth, uh, only he, his reputation was was very protected, of course. But the personalities defined that, and uh, okay. you know, Mickey Mantle was a hero before before Maris got there. So uh, it, it, it was going to be a rough trip, and, and then the personalities were 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 different, and and it was head to head. It wasn't you know like. Maris was with a different team competing with the Yankee, Mickey Mantle. Uh, he was right there, uh, and so everybody could see the difference in personalities. Uh, but I, I was uh, just starting my baseball career. I thought it was a, a great race uh, for them to, to chase 60 at, at the time. I, I, I thought it was pretty exciting.
4: Did you ever see that movie 61, Steve?
7: Yes, absolutely. And the guy that played Maris uh, has, has carved out a a, a pretty nice uh, career. And I, I see him I saw him in a in a, uh, a war movie. Uh, uh, I don't know, it was Private Ryan or or a movie of that type. So uh, That was it. Yeah. I, I, I thought Pepper. it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, Do you uh, think it was I fairly mean, realistic? I, I, uh the, the only the only real realistic uh, Bill Durham uh, could have been an eight hour movie if they'd let me do some of r- r- the writing <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, the other the other one that I thought was realistic was uh, for the love of the game with Costner because they went through the mental thing of of a pitcher and I thought they they captured that pretty well uh, I, I did I will too go back. Steve
4: I'm with you yeah the,
7: the, <laughs> I think the the worst one I saw was Jimmy Pearsall in Fear Strikes Out Now, uh, I can't see Anthony Perkins uh, being a Major League Baseball player. He played Pearsall.
4: The game is striking out right now, at least in uh, the the court of public opinion. Uh, Do you see this as typical negotiations that are going to figure it out and eventually we play, or do you fear that it's not coming back this summer?
7: I, I think it is. I, I don't get into the back and forth. You know, there's arguments both sides, and I, I, I don't get into that. I was a player. I'm a manager of a part of an organization. So uh, I, I just cross my fingers and hope they get something on the books, uh, 40, 50 games, 70 games, whatever, whatever they come up with. And I don't care about the numbers that, that come out of that or the stats. I just want something on the books this year so you don't have to go through an entire winter and start from scratch. Give me something that I can take through the winter, and then we start fresh next year. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm I optimistic that they'll get some games on the books. And that's, that's exactly what I want at this point. I, that's what I'm hoping for.
4: Steve, one of the ways we've gotten through this up here has been uh, particularly uh, AT&T Sportsnet and the Major League Baseball Network, and everybody's showing these uh, old-timey games, you know, famous games from history. And I don't know if you were in Florida, but you've been featured a couple of times. Uh, do, do you watch uh, the World Series stuff much?
7: Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, uh, you know, w- w- what have we got to watch? So I, Yeah, I, I watch a lot of it. I watch, you know, the, the golf matches and I watch a lot of baseball. Uh, it's easier for me uh, because we have always watched the 71 uh, World Series highlight film before dinner at my house and then we have dinner and then we watch it again <laughs> after so it's been kind of a, a loop kind of thing for us so i find a lot of comfort in that uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, well, you know it we know that i watched yeah for the first time i uh, uh, i watched thoroughly the 6th game of the 71 world series which was a great baseball game when it, it ended with frank robinson sliding underneath sangian and and uh, and that was what created Game Seven, obviously. And Danny Murtaugh, as Robinson is sliding across home plate, taps me on the shoulder and said, "Tag, kid, you're it for for tomorrow." <laughs> so so uh, that that was uh, that, that was a great baseball game. Uh, so uh, the answer is, I, I watch as much as as I possibly can because it just doesn't seem like summer without baseball and the and the swimming pools and, and the whole the whole thing, you know, watching. Uh, from up here in Mount Washington, not much traffic. Uh, it, it's surreal at times. It's it's really it still is.
1: Well, Steve, we always appreciate you joining us. Love to hear from you, and uh, would love to see you sometime soon. Hopefully, we'll, well see everybody look, sometime I, soon.
7: I, I I will look forward to that. Until the runaway, I said hello when he gets back to work. <laughs>
1: we sure will. <laughs> well.
7: Thanks, Steve. All right, you, Steve. Enjoy, enjoy the visit as always. Pittsburgh.
0: Last question for you. Gronk is uh, is selling CBDs now. He teamed up with CBD Medic, and my question is, what what do you think will happen first—him returning to football or him using that CBD topical cream on a part of his body that is not in pain?
8: <laughs> He's gonna be like the, uh, the the Jason Biggs of CBD, just like getting getting it stuck in all sorts of medicated. I was saying that he should uh, he should concoct some sort of Monster Energy drink CBD four loco white claw combo and just take over the world that would be unstoppable it'd be the the fastest selling drink in the history of beverages it's almost it'd be almost unfair like he could just go around making his full-time job just riding on boats everywhere shooting that thing out of a t-shirt cannon and just
7: everybody would be super excited to drink it for the first time randy bauman and the dve morning show
1: it's 10 minutes after 7 at DVE. Here's the Channel 11, Severe Weather Center. Severe Weather Center 11. It's 64 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. A food distribution is planned for Dunbar-Fayette County tomorrow. The 412 Food Rescue will hand out up to a 1,000 boxes of food to those in need at the Fayette County Fairgrounds. The group has another distribution planned for Washington County on June 26th. Since since 2015, 412 Food Rescue says it has kept over 9 million pounds of food from going into landfills. Great organization. Love what Mm -hmm. they do. Pittsburgh police are looking for a man accused of vandalizing two police vehicles during protests downtown on May 30th. photo of the man and bomb design tattoo he has on his right arm near his elbow was released Tuesday. Anyone who may recognize the man is asked to contact Pittsburgh's Damage Assessment and Accountability Task Force. We still don't know why the helicopter carrying Kobe Bryant crashed in California. The NTSB is still investigating but released a massive amount of documents yesterday. Officials say the 1,700 files are not a final report, nor does it contain analysis, findings, recommendations, or probable cause of the crash. According to a story on ESPN.com, federal officials report the pilot believed he was ascending but was actually descending in thick fog. Kobe, his hmm. daughter, and several others died when a helicopter they were riding and crashed on that foggy day in January in northern L.A. County. The sheriff in Arizona is sick with coronavirus, and he only found out thanks to the White House. Pinal County Sheriff Mark Lamb went to D.C. on Tuesday for President Trump's executive order on policing. He was screened like all visitors and found out his positive result on Wednesday. He's not giving details on whether he met with the president, but says he still has no symptoms and will self-quarantine. Popular Mechanics is facing some backlash after helping prep the public on how to safely take down statues. Following the removal of Confederate and other statues across the U.S., the magazine took a look at science and engineering to offer advice to make sure nobody gets hurt while removing what it referred to as long-dead, quote, inanimate racists, end quote. The explicit details provided include splitting into two teams and breaking the statue from the the base near the rebar. Two of the richest women in the world setting up a $30 million gender equity contest. Melinda Gates and Mackenzie Bezos announced the Equality Can't Wait Challenge on Wednesday. $30 million will go to the organization or coalition of organizations that come up with the best idea for helping expand women's power and influence in the U.S. by 2030. Gates oversees the philanthropic organizations she and her husband, Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates, created. Bezos has a fortune of more than... $50 Fifty billion dollars after divorcing Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos last year.
0: Fifty billion after a divorce—that it—that is, that yeah, is she,
1: insane. That divorce, uh, her settlement in the divorce made her one of like yeah. the top ten richest people in the world. What's she up
0: to? She buy Trader well, she Joe's did, yet? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> If you plan on traveling by air, sorry to break more bad news to you, but a number of airlines, including Delta and American, are now not serving booze on their flights. The idea is to minimize the number of interactions between crew and passengers and also to minimize the number of trips to the bathroom and also time without a mask on, water and soft drinks occasionally will be served. So It, it depends on whether you're first class or not, how long your flight is, that kind of thing. So.
0: Look, looks like we're driving. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, my question is: Is BYOB still cool? Like, I think well, that the uh, liquor stores I at the airports are going to see a spike.
1: <laughs> I think that's a gray area. How how mm. many ounces are those little bottles you get at the liquor store? If they're under three ounces, then you could probably take them in, right? I think so. Isn't that the limit yeah, that, on, on they, TSA three ounces?
0: They need to start selling those inside the airport. Like once you've already been through the checkpoint.
1: Yeah. Just a whole kiosk of mini bottles. That's right. You're not alone. If in recent weeks you've suffered with insomnia, the stress from the lockdown and demonstrations has thrown sleep patterns into chaos. Even when we do get a good night's rest, many people wake up to describe really weird, vivid dreams. Again, blame pandemic stress Anxiety produces neurochemicals in the brain that trigger nightmares and vivid dreams. New York psychiatrist Philip Muskin said, quote, the biggest problem has been staying asleep. People aren't exercising. Their days have no structure. End quote. A survey of nearly 2,000 people found 46 percent suffer from poor sleep patterns. That's twice the number than before the pandemic. Sleeping pill prescriptions spiked in the month of March. Sales of over-the-counter melatonin supplements increased by 44 percent. Uh, Dr. Natasha Bayan suggested one way to sleep peacefully, which we've heard this before. She said, quote, make your bedroom a device free zone. Turn off your phone, your tablet, your laptop, all that stuff at least one hour before going to bed. End quote.
0: I can't do it. I can't. I've tried. I know that it's the right thing and I, I can't do it. That's where I do a lot of the work um, for the show. The next day I sit in my bed with the laptop on my lap and. The screen on i have my phone my laptop and my tv going it's the worst yeah i'm the same way bill i you know i i get into bed and then i i do one more check
4: of the various sites to see if anything has developed and i'll send myself text messages you know for the morning uh check espn.com about hockey or whatever and you know just it's like the last mm-hmm. sort of pre-prep for the morning and uh i don't see that change
0: no. Last
1: night, I got in bed, pulled the covers up over my head, <laughs> and just scanned through Pinterest. Just had to end the day <laughs> yeah, looking at nice. cinnamon roll recipes or <laughs>
0: right.
1: country porch decorations. Just had curb to end it on a good curb note.
0: appeal ideas. Yeah, right. How can I yeah. spruce up my wine barrel planter? <laughs> yeah, things right. like that. By the way, Val, I ha- you were in my dream last night, and it was one of the funniest things ever because <laughs> you were on air, and I tried to get you to play an audio clip, and you were searching for it, and you just said, ah, this F and D head, like on the air. <laughs> we were on the air, and I'm like, I'm just laughing hysterically. I'm like, can you say that? And you're like, I don't think so. <laughs> just went out over the air.
1: Pandemic stress in so many ways represented there. In music news, former Rolling Stone bassist... Bill Wyman has made a big donation to Music Cares to uh, aid music professionals who have been affected by the coronavirus pandemic, he said on his f- official Facebook page. When Music Cares reached out to me about providing something for their COVID-19 relief fund, I decided to help by offering my original bass rig that I used on the Steel Wheels U.S. tour in 1989, which I consider to be an important part of the Stones and music's history. Nothing would please me more than to know that the proceeds from the sale of this will go to support my fellow musicians during this time of need and to also know that my bass rig will find a new home where it will be appreciated for years to come. Uh, that rig is appraised at $2 million. It's being sold with no reserve. It has a pre-auction estimate of two hundred dollars to $300,000. It'll be sold by Julian's Auctions on September 16th. Four days after the auction house holds its auction of items from Wyman's archives, others donating memorabilia to this particular auction include Robert Plant and Ozzy Osbourne. This rig that Wyman is selling was the last one he used as a member of the Stones. He retired from the band after that tour. Speaking of Ozzy Osbourne, he joined his wife Sharon yesterday on The Talk, that's the CBS daytime show she is a co-host of. Sitting in his LA home, he talked about self-isolating as well as his recovery from a fall in his home last year.
3: Oh, it's great. She's she's fun. She's bubbly. She never stops talking. It's been good, actually. I've been recovering from a surgery I had last year, and so I've never been at home this long in my whole career. So I've, I've had a chance to see My wife's side of the fence more than me being on the road, so it's at its moment, so I must confess. Okay, I'm getting better. Uh, It's it's a slow process, but I'm getting there slowly, but surely.
1: He sounds good.
0: Yeah, he does.
1: Ozzy was supposed to be in Switzerland this spring undergoing experimental treatment for Parkinson's disease, but that was canceled due to the pandemic. That 70s show star Danny Masterson has been charged with forcibly raping three women between 2001 and 2003. That's according to a report and deadline. The actor is set to be arraigned September 18th. He is accused of raping a 23-year-old woman between January and December of 2001 and a 28-year-old woman in April of 2003. That same year, he allegedly raped a 23-year-old woman whom he invited to his Hollywood Hills home. His lawyer denies the charges, saying, quote, Mr. Masterson is innocent and we're confident he will be exonerated when all the evidence finally comes to light and witnesses have the opportunity to testify, end quote. If convicted, Masterson faces a maximum sentence of 45 years to life in state prison. He has also been fired from his Netflix comedy The Ranch.
0: Do you remember Val, like reading some of the stuff when this first came out? I think these allegations did you say they did you say when yeah, they they're were they're from not, their, like they're 2017 2000? 2000,
1: no, 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 2001 and 2003. But they these this has been rumored for years yeah
0: for a while and yeah. i i heard that there was um he's a scientologist and yes. there was there was one thing that i read online that was so dark it was that some of the accusers he had he had people kill their dogs or at least they're accusing him of going up to their dogs with like rat poison wrapped in raw meat and them having yeah. to euthanize their animals it was crazy stuff
1: yeah, these the stories have been going around for years, but they they finally charged him. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure
4: when they filmed the ranch, but he his character really developed in that show, and it was almost uh, a lead type, even though I don't think it was supposed to be that initially. But they killed him off fast. Spoiler alert.
1: Oh well, then hmm. I guess yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: he was going, he was going, and up, oh, not there anymore. He's gone. Well, I guess they they,
1: they got yeah, wind of something. This started, yeah, yeah. And comedian Chris D'Elia has addressed allegations that he was inappropriate with underage girls on social media. In a statement, he said, "quote I know I've said and done things that might have offended people during my career, but I've never knowingly pursued any underage women at any point." All my relationships have been both legal and consensual, and I have never met or exchanged any inappropriate photos with the people who have tweeted about me. That being said, I really am truly sorry. I was a dumb guy who absolutely let myself get caught up in my lifestyle. That's my fault. I own it. I've been reflecting on this for some time now, and I promise I will continue to do better, end quote. So despite him denying it, it sounds like he's admitting to doing some awful things, whatever that they are.
0: Right. This blew up the other night online, and a lot of people started posting screenshots from DMs back and forth with him. And a lot of these girls were saying that they felt like he was grooming them when they were underage, 16, 17 years old. And he's asking for pics and all these kinds of things. And it's always like a lose-lose situation to chime in on something like this, because you either defend somebody who's guilty or pile on to somebody who's innocent. And so there's really no way to win when you, it's just, it's, it, I was just watching it all happen on Twitter and he was silent and everybody that is in that circle of comics was silent. It was, it was really bizarre, but I mean, it doesn't look good for him.
1: I'm surprised this didn't come out when the Lewis CK stuff came out.
0: Right. Well, you know what's weird is that there was there was rumors on the internet like a couple female comics were saying, "Let's all just sit here and pretend that Louie is the only one who does this kind of stuff or is like a deviant and that there aren't other comics that we all know of." It was this very like subtweety but ominous accusation and and I don't know if they were talking about him or not. I mean, I you know, I'm not in that scene that that LA scene, but those guys all have a crap load of money. I mean, just from doing the comedy fest, the years that we've been doing it, the amount of money that these guys are making right now or were oh. before the whole entire world shut down is is it's just stunning. it would baffle. It would baffle most people, or right? Like yes. when we were trying to do this year's lineup a great word some yeah. of the guys that we wanted to get that we have gotten in the past, it was like their price tag is just into the six figures for a show. Yeah. Their price tag is like,
4: makes me wonder why they work more than five times a year. <laughs> right.
1: Well, because they have to make it all now and <laughs> they're like athletes, you know, at some point yeah.
0: they're in their prime, the trains and the they're train all going to go rolling. broke Probably.
1: Forecast today, showers and thunderstorms, possible temperatures around 80 for the high. It's 64 now at DVE. Coming up at 845 this morning, we'll be joined by PFT commenter 945 is Stan Saverin. Mike's up next with sports. What do you got, Mike?
4: More uh, speculation on whether or not we're going to have a Major League Baseball season and more Josh Bell via that uh, MLB.com roundtable hosted by Harold Reynolds
1: oh cool that that was great sound at six thirty. so looking forward to hearing more of that it's the thank you heroes
3: dve sports
4: i'm mike pursuit of Fort dve sports brought to you this hour by bridgeville appliance it was looking like uh major league baseball was on the verge of resolving It's issues and uh, getting the framework for a season in place yesterday, but things have changed a bit since then. Baseball Commissioner Rob Manford issued a statement yesterday that talked about uh, his recent dealings with uh, Players Association Executive Director Tony Clark. Uh, The statement included uh, references to a, quote, jointly developed framework and concluded with, I am encouraging the clubs to move forward and I trust Tony is doing the same. Well, uh, the subsequent reports from uh, ESPN.com and the athletic, uh, whether or not uh, Tony Clark encouraged his uh, troops regarding uh, the framework of that agreement, the uh, baseball players association, not happy with it. According to ESPN and the athletic, the proposed 60 game schedule isn't long enough. Baseball, Uh, has finally gotten off of the less-than-prorated salary portion of the argument. The players are going to get their full prorated salaries, but the players want to play more than 60 games. ESPN.com reporting that uh, MLB's version of the season would start on July the 19th or 20th. It would include a 60-game schedule. It would uh, conclude the regular season September 27th the playoff uh, field would increase to 16 teams up from 10 universal dh uh, a lot of details but uh apparently now it's not about the money it's about how often they get paid the money <laughs> in other words are they going to are they going to make enough money to make it worthwhile uh, mm-hmm. uh these these are how this is how negotiations work, and uh, there's there's a lot of posturing and a lot of bantering and a lot of stuff that most people don't want to hear about. But I, I have to think, Bill, that if they if they've agreed on the prorated salary stuff, the rest should be just details, significant details, yeah. but workable details. So
0: maybe in the next couple well, of days we'll see. Mike, I think the next step is going to be that the players are pissed off and not okay with the sixty games. They want more because the the owners have somehow figured out how to be like, oh, okay, if you want your prorated salary, then we're only going to play 60 games. They're like, no, we want to make at least half of what we're going to make. So you got to bump it up to 80 plus games or we're not coming back. That's what I fear. We've just, you know, we've just never been privy to this much. Of the back and forth, every single lob is news. Yeah, maybe it's encouraging that uh,
4: the players' association didn't have anything official to say yesterday. So uh, maybe they're thinking that there's a way to to get from where they are now to where they want to be. Uh, so. Baseball, uh, baseball, dominating the news uh, on and off the field. Uh, the off the field stuff, courtesy of MLB, the MLB Network. Uh, MLB.com uh, has posted a video uh, on YouTube from the MLB network. It's uh, a roundtable that lasts longer than an hour, and it includes uh, Sterling Sharp of the Marlins, uh, John Duplantier of the Diamondbacks, Josh Bell of the Pirates, and Sharon Robinson, who is the daughter of Jackie Robinson. Uh, it's called uh, a roundtable table. Being Black in Baseball and America, and it's hosted by Harold Reynolds of the MLB Network. Josh Bell uh, really had some intriguing and engaging things to say uh, during this roundtable. One of the things he discussed uh, was how uh, back in 2016, Josh Bell was uh, initially in Colin Kaepernick's corner when uh, the then 49ers quarterback started taking a knee, but uh, Bell also... And had to make a business decision moving forward.
5: We were all in the same scenario as as black players in any professional league when we were watching Colin Kaepernick. Um, I don't think he could have done a better job of trying to voice what he was standing up against, um, and I don't think he had any opportunity to in the the minds of masses. Like there was a narrative, you know, slated against him. He's going to take a stand against our nation. He's going to take a stand against like fallen soldiers, you know, and, it's, and in his mind, he was like, no, in no way, shape or form. I'm trying to take a stand against police brutality and systemic racism. And the weeks following his first taking a knee, I think a lot of players in all leagues were thinking, you know, is this our time to, you know, kind of continue this narrative? Um, it's, is this our time to take a stand and try to voice some of the injustices in the world? And the response from the masses told us, no, like no one's ready to hear this right now. This this man hasn't gotten a, an opportunity to play in three or four years. Um, he got kicked out of the league that off season really. Um, he was booed all across America. Um, and it was tough looking in the mirror, like, man, like I know I should probably say something about this, but you know, I, trying to, you know, make a, a life for myself. Like, I'm gonna retire sooner than I'd like to, and I wanna have, you know, money in the bank so where I can do what I wanna do after the game. Um but that narrative's changed, it seems like. It seems like more and more people are accepting of people voicing their opinions and more and more people are accepting of actually listening instead of just taking an initial response and trying to shun people for for using their freedom of speech
4: well a couple things about that that uh i would imagine that is uh a hard thing to discuss publicly uh if i could put myself in josh bell's shoes for just a second of but uh, i i do think he's right that uh, the climate has changed uh and the the receptiveness uh on the part of a lot more people is more open to uh that kind of discussion uh josh bell also said during that uh mlb.com uh, uh, Roundtable that uh, he is more dedicated to to finding ways to get more involved this time around.
5: I know the players will understand this on Instagram. There was that blackout Tuesday and you saw it. You're scrolling up and down through Instagram on that that first Tuesday after George Floyd died. And everybody, it seemed like, had a black screen. Everybody posted, you know, saying that they were aware of social injustice, saying that his death was wrongful um, and was unnecessary. Um, and I was just worried that, you know, the following Tuesday you wouldn't see any more black screens. You know, the uh, two or three Tuesdays on the line, the conversation would stop. Especially as society started getting back to normal and there was more games on TV. So I started something. Um, the guys that I had in my phone, uh, black players in my phone, called social um, social reform Sundays. So it's like hashtag social reform Sundays. Um, And it started with that, and a different conversation arose. And then Chris Archer started this huge group message where there's like 150 players of color all in the same group message across the league. Um, And we're all talking about different ways that we can impact our community um, from this point on. Not just every Tuesday, not just every Sunday, but it's like an ongoing narrative that I'm really excited to be a part of. I'm really excited to look up this time a year from now and see the changes that we've, you know, created in our own communities, but also nationwide because of this narrative.
4: Speaking of Kaepernick, he was uh, back in the news yesterday. Chargers coach Anthony Lynn uh, did a Zoom session with the media out in Los Angeles, and Lynn said that uh, NFL teams, quote, would be crazy, unquote, not to add Kaepernick to their list of players that they work out as they get ready for the season. In other words. All teams have a short lists at every position where they're constantly working people out just in case there's a rash of injuries or something unforeseen happens. And you want to have, a okay, if we need a linebacker, call this guy. If he's not available, call that guy. And you, you right. do that at every position. So uh, Lynn saying that Kaepernick should be on those lists is less than Kaepernick signing an NFL contract. Uh, Lynn subsequently asked uh, whether or not uh, the Chargers would be working out Kaepernick. And he said, quote, Lynn did. I haven't spoken with Colin, not sure where he's at as far as in his career, what he wants to do, but Colin definitely fits the style of quarterback for the system that we're going to be running. I'm very confident and happy with the three quarterbacks that I have, but you can never have too many people waiting on the runway. And uh, the Chargers have uh, Tyrod Taylor positioned to replace Phillip Rivers as their starter. They also drafted uh, Justin Herbert of Oregon, number six overall in the draft, and they also have Easton Stick, a fifth-round pick from 2019. I, I see where uh, Anthony Lynn's going, at least where I think he's trying to go. But if if you feel that strongly about it, sign him, right? Don't say teams are crazy them. not to sign him. Right. And then and then in the next breath, say, oh, you know what? I'm good, but somebody else should sign him. I mean,
0: I hope I hope what ends up happening isn't the uh, the Rooney Rule thing, where it's just a hollow uh, meeting of of uh, a black coach, where you go, "Oh yeah, no, we had him through just to say you did it," and then get him out of there. It's either if you think he's good enough to play in the NFL, bring him in, sign him. If not, then don't. But I hope it's not a, a game of charades. Yeah, you know,
4: I think I, I think at least in my mind, the, the compelling factor back in 2016 was he was deemed bad for business. And that's why to, to suggest that if, if every team has two or three quarterbacks and that he's not good enough to at least be on a roster, that's you, you're just not assessing his playing capability correctly. But to to assess him as a guy who's pretty good, but not worth all the baggage and all the distraction and all the trouble that he would have brought at that yeah. time, I think, you could easily see it that way from management's position, which is first and foremost, selling a product to America to, to Josh Bell's point. I think the climate has changed, right? Are are we all perceiving the the same thing in in the wake of these protests and the discussions that are being held? And uh, there seems to be a more open-minded approach to uh, to this subject now. And uh, if that's the case, then uh, he'll probably get worked out and he'll probably get signed. But then you run into the issues of, well, can you, Can you have them on your team but not play them? If you play them, can you take them out of the game? If you take them out of the game and decide you don't want to play them anymore, can you actually cut them, or does this just become a massive political football for the rest of Colin Kaepernick's career?
1: Thanks, Mike. Uh, thanks for sports. I'll have news coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, John Bolton making big news yesterday. Uh, his book is out on Tuesday. A lot of people not happy about what he's had to say about the president. When we come back, um, Gwyneth Paltrow, her goop lifestyle, I guess it is. It's a website, it's a Netflix show. Lab. Mm -hmm. It's a lab. It's whatever. (laughs) So she had released a candle and it, what was the name of it This smells like my vagina? Yes. That's, that's it. the name of the candle. Well, she's gone that's one it. step further. So uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. It's DV Morning Show. It's DV Morning Show. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford and Mike Brasuda. Producer Joe Rakiki handling things for us today as he does every day. Randy's on vacation, and uh, boy, Gwyneth Paltrow, how much attention does she need?
0: <laughs> all of it. All, I all mean, the attention. Why else? She needs all. Why of it.
1: else would you release candles with the names that she does?
0: Seriously, she just released a candle that's uh, that's uh, called. This candle smells like my orgasm. And listen, we got we got to hand it to Gwyneth. <laughs> At least she's consistent. I mean, there is a pandemic going on, unemployment at historical rates, civil unrest, and protests on the news every night. And she's just slanging high-end vagina candles. Like she stick, <laughs> she stays in her lane and only gets off at the vagina exit. And we got to at least stick a with what you know. That. Well said, Bill. I mean, it is my 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 guess is that. It probably has a trick wick and it won't stay lit. That's my guess. <laughs> and then and then just you relights over and over. Light the uh this smells like my inadequacy incense stick. <laughs> and then just get sad in the other room.
1: <laughs> a whole line of of uh candles for men and women.
0: I mean, we kill celebrities for being full of themselves and for, you know, when they put out that video at the beginning of the pandemic where they're all singing, imagine, imagine. And now that, you know, the response to the police brutality, they put out this video taking responsibility for all of this. And it's, it's so over the top. And here's Gwyneth again, staying in her lane, just sitting in a goop lab doing mushrooms, trying to figure out a way <laughs> to bring this back to her vagina like that's <laughs> I mean it I'm starting to see where she's coming from here um just because it 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 is refreshing in a certain sense you know I mean she's it's she's a just distraction in her lane yeah
1: definitely um, a distraction but, from
0: what's happening but if but if you take away her celebrity and the highfalutin description on the website of all of her products, most of them sound like they should be sold in Spencer's Gifts. I mean, it it sounds like they they would have a whole family of candles. It would be like, oh, this candle smells like my farts. This candle smells like my (laughs) husband's beanbag. And you can buy the, you can collect the whole, (laughs) the whole line. (laughs)
1: What is know. the highfalutin description of this candle?
0: Oh, I don't because it wasn't the other I, I one like
1: bergamot and cedar. Bergamot and-,
0: and cedar, and there's a citrus blend, and it's 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 total BS. And I think it only works because she's so beautiful. Like I don't know if this candle would sell if she looked like Tilda Swinton. You know, <laughs> <laughs> nobody Who wants to buy a candle.
1: Is there a label on the candle that says, you know, like sometimes if you buy them at Yankee candle, it's cool autumn breeze or and it's right on the candle. Is that what hers is like?
0: Yeah. Because if it is, then
1: you have it sitting around your house. This smells like my
0: orgasm. Right. It's it's a seventy five dollar prank candle. Pretty much. that You're just giving to somebody as a like a gag gift.
1: Didn't the first one sell out?
0: Am sold I, or out, do immediately. I not remember that? Oh, oh yeah. Good Lord. Sold out immediately and this one's probably sold out. It's it's a genius marketing tactic that she's cloaked she's cloaking in feminism like it has anything to do with feminism. It's just a way for her to sell $75 candles. Is what it is. Which who buys a
1: $75 candle? I don't care what it's called.
0: Right. I don't know. Remember when she dated
1: Brad Pitt and Ben Affleck? Remember those days?
0: Oh, yeah, in the 90s?
1: Yeah, when she was just coming up in Hollywood.
0: And now she's still... I mean, she still looks super young. She's gorgeous. Yeah, Um, she's beautiful.
1: Her mother's beautiful. A lot of people know her
0: now from from the Avenger movies. But, yeah, um, she has got the... I mean, she's a quack in a lot of respects because a lot of those things that she sells on her website are like supposedly for your health and like the jade egg thing. She got sued for that.
1: (laughs) Hasn't stopped
0: her egg. Yeah. doesn't stop her. She just, she's like, all right, fine. I'll just make candles. (laughs) She figured
1: it out. She figured it out. So you can go on the goop lab and get the goop candle From Gwyneth, (laughs) (laughs) unreal. Uh, We have PFD commenter coming up at eight forty-five this morning. It's Thursday, so the Godfather Stan Saverin will join us at nine forty-five. It's the DVE morning show. A former National Security Advisor's memoir about his time with the Trump administration will soon hit shelves. John Bolton's tell-all set to come out June 23rd, even though the White House tried to stop its release. President Trump reportedly said Bolton could release the book as long as he was not in office, saying the book is full of classified national security secrets.
2: Well, you know how the... Like Rolling Stones Sticky Fingers album came with like actual, it had like fuzzy stuff on it. You know what I mean? And like his should have like a real mustache on it. Like it should be, (laughs) like you should be able to pet the mustache, and then you can use it as a like a golf spike cleaner also,
0: or a bookmark. (laughs) You could take it off and then use it as a, a bookmark for the rest of the read. Randy Bellman
7: and the DVE Morning Show.
1: It's four minutes after eight at DVE. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast.
0: Severe Weather Center 11.
1: It's 65 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Window Nation. I'm Val Porter. Officials with Rivers Casino here in Pittsburgh say a table games dealer there has tested positive for COVID-19. Officials didn't say when the employee last worked nor where they had been working since the casino reopened June 9th. In a letter to employees, Rivers Casino officials say they are conducting a 48-hour look back from the time the team member clocked out for any coworker who spent more than 10 minutes within six feet of that person. Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's are about to disappear from store shelves. The syrup and rice brands will get a makeover because their connections to racial stereotypes. Mrs. Butterworth syrup might be next. It's maker says the brand (laughs) is supposed to remind one of a loving grandmother, but will now be reviewed.
0: I'll tell you who I feel bad for that cream of wheat fella. He's, uh, he's been making porridge for white people for way too long. I'm, I'm sure that he's on the list.
1: Yeah, that'll be next. President Trump wants to end the national tragedy of suicide among veterans. Hosting a White House event, President Trump unveiled recommendations from the task force that are aimed at preventing suicides. The White House noted six thousand veterans took their own lives in twenty seventeen alone. Trump also said his administration has reformed the VA from top to bottom, including firing bad administrators and health care professionals. A White House statement said the task force recommendations are designed to ensure effective coordinated action among federal agencies. And and public organizations, while establishing a new public health campaign to improve veterans' awareness of mental health resources available across the country. Former National Security Advisor John Bolton claims President Trump asked Chinese President Xi for his help in his re-election campaign. Bolton's upcoming memoir was obtained by The Washington Post. During a summit dinner last year, Bolton says Trump told Xi that his re-election could be helped if China just bought more agricultural products from U.S. farmers. Bolton calls Trump, quote, erratic and stunningly uninformed, end quote, as the commander-in-chief, who was obsessed with re-election. The Justice Department is trying to stop Bolton's book from being released into dispute over purportedly classified material. It's set to be released this Tuesday. Bolton was Trump's third national security advisor. He served for about a year and a half. Bolton left the White House abruptly last year. The president said he fired the hardline conservative, but Bolton insists that he left on his own. He also says Russian leader Vladimir Putin thinks he can play President Trump quote-unquote like a fiddle. He said the U.S. is in a difficult position in its dealings with Russia because Putin uh, has made his life understanding Russia's strategic position in the world, while Donald Trump, quote, doesn't enjoy reading about these issues or learning about them, end quote. An NBC, an ABC rather interview with John Bolton will air in its entirety on Sunday.
0: The two talking points coming out of the White House that are at odds with each other are that, all the book is lies, and that the, everything he's saying is classified. Either it's classified or it's all lies. Right. Right? Like, if it's all made up, then he, how could it possibly be classified? You be can't classified. Right. Classify things you make up. So right. I don't know there. I, I, John Bolton, I just keep seeing him on the screen and it looks like he has three mustaches and I can't get over it. Both <laughs> of his eyebrows look like mustaches and then there's <laughs> glasses. It looks like he's wearing three disguises at once. It <laughs> He's a weird looking dude and I, who knows what he's saying, you know, the truth and validity of what he's saying. I'm just saying what they're saying doesn't add up to me.
1: yeah. I also read a, a a clip that said that the president thought Finland was part of Russia. Mm. That's what uh, Bolton claims in the book. Congressman Adam Schiff slamming Bolton over the book rather than testifying. On Twitter, Schiff said President Trump's former national security advisor, quote, may be an author, but he's no patriot, end quote. California Democrat added Bolton refused to testify in the Ukraine inquiry and instead saved it for a book. Bolton apparently wrote that House de- Democrats committed impeachment malpractice during the investigation, and former Vice President Joe Biden says if John Bolton's new book about the Trump administration is true, the president's actions have been morally repugnant. So continuing to expect fallout from that over the next few days.
0: John Bolton looks like Colonel Sanders' brother who just wants to go to war all the time. Who's like everything that he comes on. He's like, you know, I'm coming home, making the chicken. And he was like, we should go to war. We should go to war over the chicken. No, I don't think we should do that, John. Calm down.
1: So, yeah, big interview Sunday on ABC with Martha Raddatz. And then the book comes out on Tuesday. If you bought your dad clothes as a gift for Father's Day, eh, you could probably take him back now. Uh, Coupon Lawn conducted a survey of a thousand dads and asked what gifts they do not want for Father's Day. The number one answer: clothing. Clothes. Thirty percent said answer. they don't want greet. They don't <laughs> want greeting cards. Uh, other gifts dads don't want: books and personal care items. The most wanted things include a special outing, which is a little tough right now, but you could probably swing it. Electronics and tools.
0: Tools, always tools. Tools are a good one. And you know what I tell my girls: all I need. A coffee mug. Just get me a coffee mug. That's it. Simple. Don't do anything crazy. I don't need anything. I love, uh, you know, I love my girls. It's, but for my dad, it's a tool every year.
1: Yeah, a guy could have all the tools everywhere that exist and still want tools.
0: Yeah, well, because well, because some of those approved... tools are a little old, <laughs>
1: right? Something newfangled. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh Father's Day this Sunday.
4: You know what never fails? Yeah. Golf balls. Because Really? If, if you're if you're a dad that plays golf or your dad plays golf, statistically chances are you're not very good at it and you're constantly losing <laughs> golf balls. <laughs> right. It it's never a bad idea. I'm just throwing that out there, you know, in advance. Golf balls.
9: They right. don't even you have to can... be good
4: ones. Just Get a box of golf balls, 12, 24. Give them to your dad. Here you go. I know these will last you a week and a half.
1: <laughs> you can go to a bar right now, but the question is, do you want to risk it? A lot of people do, but if you don't, maybe think about the Inflatable Pub. Uh, inflatablepub.us.com sells inflatable bars, pubs, taverns, and saloons. It's kind of like a bouncy house for grown-ups. No bouncing in it, but great. Some of them are pretty big and uh, pretty pricey, up to four grand, but you can also rent them. Oh, so uh, it's, I mean, it looks like a kind of a cool, fun thing if you're having a party or a tailgate party oh, or definitely you know, check it out.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out because I'll tell you what, Val, the, the bouncy house, like I just had for the kids' birthday party, um, it is. It's like hiring somebody to watch your kids for five hours because <laughs> all they do is just go in a loop all damn day. Everyone's like, oh, my God, this party is three hours long. What are you, a glutton for pain? I said, no, I have a bouncy house slide. I don't have to do Say anything no more.
1: Mike Tyson is still in phenomenal shape and fitness YouTuber Will Tennyson decided to follow his diet and workout routine to find out if he could be like Mike. The guy followed the Mike Tyson plan for 24 hours, so not really committing to it, more of a stunt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's what he did. He started the day with a four-mile jog at 4 a.m. He finished it in about an hour, spent the next few hours resting, took a shower, Then he had breakfast, he had oatmeal, milk, and daily vitamins. He did 10 rounds of sparring training, followed by a high-rep, low-weight workout, including 2,000 squats, 500 triceps (sighs) extensions, 500 push-ups, 500 shrugs with 65 pounds, and what are neck neck crunches? He did 500 neck crunches. Like
0: You do like um, a weighted, like you just hang your head and then lift it back up. A lot of boxers do that to build up the strength in their neck.
1: For lunch, he had 150 grams of white rice, a nine-ounce chicken breast, and a big glass of orange juice. Then he did six more rounds of sparring, had a snack of six bananas and a protein shake. He then finished (laughs) up the rest of his workout, then ate a dinner of a nine-ounce sirloin steak, pasta, and fruit juice, and one final workout, 30 minutes on an exercise bike.
0: Val, you know, my favorite snack is always has always been 6 bananas. I just I like to sit down <laughs> and just real quick just have 6 bananas for a snack. That's crazy. 2000 squats is I'll throw up all over everybody. How long would it take to do that, I wonder. I don't know. Remember I told you I did that Murph like around Memorial Day? I yeah. uh I did that the Murph workout and that is um 200 squats, and or no, I'm sorry, 300 squats, and my legs felt like there were razor blades in them.
1: (laughs) Elton John has high praise for a group of British school kids who recorded one of his songs for a class project. Instructor Ben Millington at the Telford. Priory School led his students in a quarantine cover of I'm Still Standing back in March, and he uploaded the video on YouTube. Sir Elton heard it this week and responded on Twitter, saying the students did a brilliant version of the song, and he looks forward to having them all as guests at an upcoming show. His farewell Yellow Brick Road tour is expected to resume in September in Germany. For quite some time now, Journey's Neil Sean has been posting clips of him playing his many guitars in his home studio. In his latest post, he writes, Journey album is starting to take shape. Neil posted this on Instagram yesterday. So just some jamming there with Neil. When it's finished, it'll be Journey's first album since Eclipse in 2011, and the third with singer Arnel Pineda. It's also going to be the first for the new lineup of Neil Sean Pineda, keyboardist Jonathan Kane and new members Randy Jackson on bass and Narada Michael Walden on drums. Ever want to meet your favorite celebrity? Well, this might be your chance. The company Cameo now lets you chat with celebrities on Zoom. For 10 minutes now cameo we've talked about in the past you could basically go online and say neil uh vince neil was the most famous one that we talked about he, <laughs> yes. you get a you get a video message from a celebrity and his was just r- drunk ramblings Drunk, but now you can uh Oh, we have this? We have the audio of this, so here if you remembered this from Vince Neal.
6: Hey, Decker, Vince Neal. I uh, hey, want to say uh, happy <laughs> birthday, brother. Uh, this is actually
9: from uh, uh, Christian Mom, Ethan and Blake, so uh, keep on rocking, shout the devil, and, uh, and do, yeah, do some feel-good <laughs> stuff at four, uh, in big old, big 4-0 you, man. <laughs>
4: Alright.
0: you, man. <laughs> Oh my god. Wow. That would
1: almost be worth it. If yeah. you got that
0: one. Right. Cause you feel like uh, you got a you got a special version of him, you know, slurring your happy birthday wish. Big old four so, of you, man.
1: <laughs> a cameo now will let you <laughs> chat on Zoom. For ten minutes, but considerably more pricey than you know, just the thirty or forty second clip like that. You can uh, meet Brett Favre, but it'll cost you five grand to do it. Oh, if you want the if you want the Zoom chat,
0: right? A lot of people will still pay that, though. I mean, huge fans of of Brett Favre will line up to pay that. And I would love to to chat with Vince Neal. I wonder how much his is because I wanna I wanna uh slur with him in person. Live. <laughs> and I feel like he would either be it would just be the audio where he couldn't figure out how to get the camera on, or <laughs> the camera would be up and he'd be muted and he'd look real happy and he'd be talking and you can't hear a thing he's saying. Well,
1: he you know, no tour now. It's postponed till next year, so he might might be looking to make some extra cash.
0: That's right. Looking Congratulations
1: to Kristen Wiig. She is a new mom, a source shared with People, the actress and fiance. Javi Rothman welcomed twins earlier this year via a surrogate. No other details about the babies have been released. Wig and Rothman have been dating since 2016. They got engaged in August of last year. We talked yesterday about Hollywood Studios starting to get back in action. They're starting to film. And we talked about The Bold and the Beautiful was the first one uh, yesterday who started up. Well, it's already been paused after one day back on the (laughs) set. That's according to Variety Filming had restarted yesterday in Television City Studios, but now production was halted to, quote unquote, better accommodate the large volume of testing needed. So this will be an indication of what other other series need to do to get to get back into filming. Mm -hmm. And finally, Alan Glover, the man allegedly hired by Tiger King star Joe Exotic to kill Carol Baskin was nailed for DUI in Oklahoma on Sunday morning. Probably not a surprise, according to TMZ. No. According to TMZ, quote, an officer was on routine patrol when he says he noticed Glover staggering across the parking lot of the Deja Vu strip club shortly after midnight before getting into his vehicle. He was arrested after failing a breathalyzer test and admitting that he would not be able to safely operate a vehicle. As TMZ points out, uh, in Oklahoma, you could get hit with a charge for simply sitting in your vehicle if you have a blood alcohol content higher than point zero eight.
0: Nothing would surprise me involving anybody from that uh, Netflix documentary because anybody that shows up with a vague at best backstory and is willing to live in a trailer on a bootleg zoo property <laughs> is. Is probably got some felonies in their past.
1: Sketchy, sketchy history. <laughs> yeah. Forecast <laughs> today.
0: I mean, it's not a showers. Real zoo.
1: <laughs> N- and now Carol owns it. She was awarded well, not custody. I don't know. She was awarded ownership of it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so Joe is just turning over in his cell bed. Yeah. He might already for be doing A couple that. reasons. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, forecast today showers thunderstorms possible 80 for the high. It's 65 now at DVE. Mike's coming up next with sports what uh what are you going to be talking about here?
4: More of the same, more uh insight from Josh Bell regarding where we are and uh, where we need to be.
1: Oh, good. That's uh, been good stuff this morning. So uh, stick around for that. It's a DVE
3: or in store. DVE Sports.
1: I'm
4: Mike of for DVE Sports brought to you this hour by Dormont Appliance. Uh, has baseball taken a significant step toward actually agreeing the parameters? to the parameters that will allow the game to get back onto the field. It started looking that way yesterday afternoon, but uh, as the day developed, maybe not as close as the initial reports suggested. Uh, In a nutshell, here's where we are, according to uh, ESPN.com and The Athletic and the Associated Press. The Commissioner of Baseball, Rob Manford, uh, has been meeting with Tony Clark, the Executive Director of the Players Association, According to Manfred, he thought that uh, they had uh, the framework of an agreement in place uh, to the degree that he was going to encourage the teams to move forward, as Manfred put it. And uh, he was going to trust that Tony Clark would do the same with the players. That involved the full proration of salaries, which has been a sticking point for the players. It also uh, reportedly involved a 60-game season that would start July the 19th or the 20th and end on September the 27th. Uh, The Athletic and ESPN subsequently reporting that 60 games, not enough for the players. So we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, It's not as contentious as uh, the previous exchanges that we've seen and heard between baseball and its players, but uh, the agreement is uh, not yet in place. Uh, You know, one of the things that, uh, has gotten my attention as, as we wait out all these sports, Uh, you know, are they coming back? Are they not coming back? Should they come back? Should they not? What's the point? You know, looking at the old games, we talked about that with Steve Blass, uh, the 71 world series with the pirates. We've seen the 60 world series. One of the games I saw on the major league baseball network was Don Larson's perfect game that he threw in the 1956 world series. And I, I was so fascinated by that. I did some research on it afterward and I came across Larson's uh, obituary. He died uh, in January uh, at uh, 90 this years year. of age. Yeah. And uh, the New York Times included uh, this in Don Larson's obituary regarding that perfect game in the 56 World Series. It was a reminder of the incredible, unforgettable things that can take place on a baseball field. And isn't that why we watch? I mean, yeah,
0: th- this, no doubt. this
4: season wouldn't. There's not going to be a true World Series champ this year, any more than there's going to be a legit Stanley Cup champ. But that doesn't matter. It's it's the games. It's 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 what can happen. Uh, what you might see. What you might uh, experience. That's unforgettable. There's no guarantees you get any of that, but you never know. And uh, to me, that's uh, the heart of what makes sports so compelling. And uh, I really hope they get that figured out somehow. I, I want to see some baseball this summer.
0: Yeah, because Mike, the most romantic part of sports is taken away from you when you're watching a game that has already happened because you know the outcome. Part of what why we love watching sports is we don't know what's going to unfold. We don't know how it's going to play out.
4: Yeah, you think you know, and a lot of times it's it's likely you know, but you you don't know. So uh, we'll see we'll see where that goes. Hopefully, they can. Uh, Get it figured out, and uh, we'll see some games this year. Uh, Fascinating stuff. We've been uh, revisiting all day. The uh, roundtable that uh, the MLB Network uh, has conducted and placed on YouTube. That's also been uh, posted on MLB.com. The name of the roundtable is Being Black in Baseball and America. It's hosted by Harold Reynolds of the MLB Network, and uh, the panel includes... Sharon Robinson, the daughter of Jackie Robinson and three current players of color, Marlins pitcher Sterling Sharp, uh, Diamondbacks pitcher John Duplantier, and Pirates first baseman Josh Bell. Uh, Josh Bell had a lot to say in uh, the program, which lasts, memory serves, about an hour and 16 minutes. And one of the things uh, Josh Bell emphasized is how he's trying to uh, get involved and stay involved to use his platform to enact social change, and uh, how the Pirates organization uh, has been uh, an enthusiastic participant with them.
5: Yeah, I actually had a a really good conversation with, uh, it was a Zoom call just like this, with our our GM, our our manager, a couple scouts, uh, a couple coaches, and a couple players. um, I want to say two days ago. Um, And they asked me that same question. And my answer was, let's start like a book club, not just for the organization, but for our community um with giveaways so as sterling was saying so if you're a part of this book club you have the chance to be on the field for batting practice go to the game bring three or four friends or whatever it might be and let's make it a monthly thing let's make it a monthly ordeal where you know people from different age groups have the opportunity to not only educate themselves and care about the things that we care about as an organization but care about things that are going to enact change in the future um And I felt so empowered to have the support from our GM who, you know, showed me his receipt that he just ordered the new Jim Crow, which is a book that I'm reading right now. Um, it's the book that I suggested for Trevor Williams. And it's a book that I suggest for pretty much everybody on this call and across America. Um, so just continuing the narrative of education and promoting the game itself and communities and, and doing right by communities, um, That's where I see this going, and I I think we have every opportunity in the world as long as this conversation continues.
4: Yeah, it's really cool stuff, and uh, if you've been with us all day today, you heard uh, Josh Bell talk about how Trevor Williams was one of the guys who reached out to Bell in the wake of uh, the death of George Floyd and and asked Bell, what can I do to make you feel more comfortable? What can I do to improve uh, the way you perceive your situation and uh, Harold Reynolds asked uh, Josh Bell a subsequent follow-up question about uh, these types of conversations uh, specifically could you have had these a year ago and uh, bell's response was quote not at all in no way shape or form so uh, wow. discussion i think uh, the first step toward uh, recognition and identification and hopefully uh, the solving of uh, the issues that are plaguing our country right now Uh, Anthony Lynn, the uh, Chargers head coach, making some news yesterday on a Zoom call in Los Angeles. Uh, He said that NFL teams, quote, would be crazy, unquote, not to have Colin Kaepernick on their list of players to work out and their short list uh, in case you need a quarterback. Lynn uh, did say also that he's very happy with the three quarterbacks that he has. He would not commit to uh, even working Kaepernick out for the Chargers. But uh, Anthony Lynn Uh, Also one of those people who's trying to take steps to bridge the racial gap. Uh, Here's part of that Zoom call that didn't get a ton of publicity in terms of what I saw in terms of headlines and how different uh, sites and media organizations were reporting uh, the Lynn story. But uh, the ESPN.com story includes uh, the Chargers uh, having virtual team meetings that have included uh, in-depth conversations about social justice. Uh, according to ESPN.com, Lynn has uh, invited a local judge to speak to his players and uh, how they can get more involved. Said Anthony Lynn, "quote I think our players will vote locally this time around because those people are making decisions here in our community that are directly affecting us. You got to you got to vote, right? And I think that's uh, one of the mistakes Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick made uh, when he initially uh, brought this subject to the forefront." Uh, he talked about not voting in the election uh, that had Hillary Clinton running against Donald Trump because he didn't like either candidate. Um, if you don't vote, then then you don't participate.
0: And some look, I mean, some of the hopelessness that goes along with that is understandable. But to your point, that that is the way to create the changes. If you don't like the way it's going, vote them out get them out of there to get people more aligned. And that's why the discussion is so important because you always hear about these different causes. Raising awareness is because most people are not aware that there's even a problem. Awareness is great. Uh,
4: response is, is the next step and uh, right. Think things need to happen for that to happen. This was also a, a very interesting, at least in my My perception, very interesting part of the ESPN.com story. Uh, Lynn said uh, he's engaged in dialogue with several police officers. Uh, They were able to get his number after reading what he had to say recently in the L.A. Times about his personal experiences with police and social injustice. And uh, Anthony Lynn also said he spent time talking with the L.A. County District Attorney. Uh, Dialogue, uh, let's... Let's get things out in the open and let's get things figured out. Uh, it's a a, a positive uh, step in the right direction. I think uh, in a lot of people's Mm -hmm. estimation, Uh, last but not least uh, a a significant story. If you're a Raiders fan, (laughs) the uh, Las Vegas review uh, journal uh, reports that uh, Allegiant stadium, the uh, $2 billion new home for the Raiders in Las Vegas has passed the flush test guys. You know, when they build a stadium, one of, one of the last things they have to do to make sure everything works is flush all the toilets at the same time. And uh, <laughs> yeah. the Las Vegas Review-Journal uh, detailed a, a video the Raiders put out. Uh, they had 65,000 fans uh, in the stadium's 297 restrooms, flushing uh, 1,430 toilets and urinals at the same time while the water was running in all the sinks. And apparently it, it worked. So
0: it isn't close to the flush and the waste that's going to happen when the team actually shows up. (laughs) (laughs) That's the real flush test.
4: (laughs) No comment from John Gruden on that, but um, I'm sure he's pleased.
1: Very good. Thanks, Mike. When we come back, we'll be joined by PFT commenter. We'll talk to him not only about sports, but his move into the world of
3: acting. So that's up next. It's the
2: morning show.
7: Morning show.
2: I have to ask you a question about. uh Well, I don't know if this is a Doug loves movies question, but it's a question that uh, about one of the most legendary, sort of possibly apocryphal situations that happened in Hollywood, and your role in disseminating the information. Is it true? Yes. Your. Res- Do you know what I'm about to say? Uh huh. You're responsible. For everybody knowing that the actor that played Mr. Belvedere sat on his testicles one day during filming, and they had to suspend filming for the week because Mr. Belvedere sat on his balls.
6: Yeah, that started out from uh, me telling other comedians. I was roommates at the time with the actor <laughs> who's playing the the oldest son and in, in the family on Mr. Belvedere, and uh, like you said, he uh, they suspended. You know, he came home from early came home from work early one day. And I'm just sitting there on the futon watching judge Judy. And he's like, uh, yeah, we had to quit for the day. Cause Mr. Belvedere sat on his ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, a few weeks later they were back at work and they were doing a, uh, oh my God. uh, they were doing a parody of, uh, Peter Pan. And so Mr. Belvedere was, was uh, captain hook and he had to fly, I guess, or something. And, uh, he uh the harness broke and he fell on his balls again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Doug, when you say a few weeks later, like was he hospitalized from this?
6: <laughs> I think so. Yeah, maybe it might not have been a few weeks later, but I just remember it being so funny that like you know uh he came home from work early again another time and it was because of the same problem because he has got such such tender balls. <laughs>
2: I mean, so many. Thank God it didn't happen during the time of COVID, because no one would want to go to the emergency room right now for belvedere balls in the middle of a pandemic.
6: Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I guess it's a miracle that he got to, that he kept them and he, uh, and he, he lived many more years. <laughs> but uh, I'm sad to say, I know that I'm I'm pretty damn sure mm-hmm. that that actor Christopher Hewitt. Uh, would be very sad to know that his lasting legacy is mostly about <laughs> sitting on his own balls. <laughs> would you like to hear what it sounds like when Christopher Hewitt sits on his own balls? Yes, love to. This is this is my impression
2: of Mr. Belvedere
6: sitting on his own balls. Okay. Oh. <laughs> 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 Huge gulping.
1: <laughs>
3: Pittsburgh.
1: I think Vince Neal's supposed to be around here somewhere.
0: What do you mean? Like, like in performing. the studio? No, no, no. No, he's going to be eating at Ditka's
2: later today. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, he seems whatever. like a guy that would hang out at Ditka's and know all the waitresses' names.
1: Hey, Carol. Hey, Vince. I wonder if he still has his...
2: Fat? Yes. <laughs>
1: No, he had um, (laughs) like a bar or something in Vegas.
2: Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm guessing it didn't go well for him. Nothing seems to go very well for that guy outside of Motley Crue. Yeah.
1: And I don't know if he still owns that or sold it, but yeah, he made a boatload of money.
2: Ton of money. I went to the Cabo Wabo. uh, Oh, he's
1: going to be at the Meadows on July 6th.
2: Get out of town.
0: Vince Neil.
6: Yep. He's playing the it's meadows? Mm-hmm.
0: No, no, no. He's jockeying a horse. Oh. <laughs>
1: Randy
7: Bellman and the DVE Morning Show.
1: Of course, he's not going to be here in July, but uh, uh, here's the Channel 11, Severe Weather Center. Severe Weather
0: Center 11.
1: It's 66 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Allegheny County's COVID-19 case count remains unchanged from yesterday's uh, or the day before's update. However, health officials did announce three new deaths in the county connected to COVID-19 complications. Officials did make note of the fact that this comes after the primary election and those protests started. There were five new cases in Westmoreland County, three in Butler and Fayette, two in Beaver and Washington counties, one in Lawrence County, and there was also one death in Butler County. Governor Tom Wolf and Secretary of Health Dr. Rachel Levine are urging residents to remain vigilant while those cases continue to decline around the state. Governor Wolf says the virus isn't gone, but that residents have done an excellent job reopening businesses while practicing social distancing and wearing masks. Not everywhere, however. I was in a convenience hmm. store yesterday. Not one person wearing a mask customer or worker and one woman was making food
0: oh my god did you turn around and walk out
1: (laughs) (laughs) i got i got my mountain dew and i left and i wiped it down with uh, my clorox wipe when i got in the car
0: (laughs) yeah you have to carry around like a lysol uh sized mace can like instead of mace it's just filled with disinfectant yeah
1: Pennsylvania and two other states are being recognized by the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention for the successes we've seen in reducing the number of new cases. CDC data shows Pennsylvania, Hawaii, and Montana saw a downward trend in new cases of of the virus for more than 42 days. So let's keep it up. Cases are spiking, though, in a number of western states and southern cities, and officials are Hoping that masks will slow the spread over the past few days, Memphis, Tennessee, Montgomery, Alabama and Fayetteville, Arkansas have made masks mandatory in public. Cities in Arizona, which uh, have confirmed record numbers of cases over the past week, now have approval from the governor to require masks in public. And Tulsa County, Oklahoma, where President Trump will hold a rally on Saturday, reported its highest number of new cases on Wednesday. And a top health official in Tulsa says he recommended President Trump's rally be postponed. Speaking yesterday at a briefing, Tulsa Health Department Executive Director Dr. Bruce Dart said he pushed for the postponement until things are safer, but... At this point, it is happening, and Tulsa's mayor, G.T. Bynum, is thrilled President Trump is coming to town. Speaking yesterday, Bynum said it's an honor for the president to visit. He urged people, though, to take precautions against getting coronavirus if they go out this weekend. Tulsa Police Chief Wendell Franklin says the world is watching Tulsa. He claimed the city, though, is ready for what's coming. A statue of African-American tennis legend Arthur Ashe has been defaced with the words White Lives Matter in Virginia. According to reports, the base of the monument was tagged with the words and the initials WLM in white spray paint. The Arthur Ashe monument was dedicated in 1996 to honor the Richmond native who in 1963 became the first black player ever selected for the United States Davis Cup team. His statue is one of six on Monument Avenue in Richmond, the other five commemorating Confederate veterans of the Civil War. The Senate is setting aside $900 million for conservation in a new bill called the Great American Outdoors Act. The bill will permanently provide funding to the Land and Conservation Fund to help secure land for trails and parks. They're also putting more than $6 billion towards national park maintenance. That bill is being passed to the House and will be voted on next month. Twitter is introducing voice tweets. I'm not sure what I think about this. Users can record up to 140 seconds of audio and post it to their Twitter feed. Twitter employees announced the new feature yesterday. They say it will create a more human experience for listeners and storytellers alike. Voice tweeting is currently limited to certain users, but will roll out to everyone in the coming weeks. What if it's like if you accidentally dial somebody and you're screaming profanities in traffic? (laughs) And you just tweet this out to everybody.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you done that yet? Have you done the voice text to somebody by accident? Because uh, it's sitting right next to the text button.
1: Yes. I I have done that. I have thought that I did it, but I did not.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I've never done it where it's expletives or anything. It's usually just like fiddling around in my pocket or just it's, you know, just house noises. But yeah, I don't I don't think that's a good idea. I mean, the only thing that people on Twitter really want, the only feature that they would like to see is an edit button for your tweet because there's nothing worse in the world when you're on Twitter and in, in the world of Twitter. Let's keep it to Twitter. Then when you craft a tweet, it takes you a half hour. You hit send and then you realize there's a typo. You're like, it's ruined. The, oh, yeah. The tweet is and ruined. You delete
1: it and redo it. Yeah. It's the worst. Uh a new survey by Chapman University looked at how coronavirus is affecting Americans' mental health, relationships and more. The bad news is we're more stressed and depressed and eating more junk food and exercising less. 61% say they feel more stressed, 60% are more anxious, 45% more depressed. say they're eating more in general because of stress. 41% eat more junk food. And uh, 35% admit they're not exercising as much as they did last year. I got to say I'm pretty even keeled on all that stuff. I'm a little, I actually have a lot more stress these days. But as far as the eating and the drinking and the exercising, all pretty much the same.
4: (laughs) I've ramped up both. I am exercising (laughs) way more and I am eating for three
0: men.
1: Well, you're home. Well, that's
0: what happens. Yeah. And you've got the appetite. That's what happens. When you start working out like a madman, you develop this ravenous appetite and it can get way out of control. Like you got to, you got to be careful on that. (laughs) Yeah. I I think everything's about the same.
4: I mean, I, I don't, I feel better. I don't think I look any different. Uh, My clothes don't fit any different, so it's working out. I have sleep a little better.
1: (laughs) That's the bad news. The good news is people say their love lives are better, for some anyway. Couples are having more sex, cuddling, and saying I love you more, and some are arguing less. 64% say they're spending much more time with their partner, which how could you not right now? 31% (laughs) say staying at home has made them want to have sex with their partner more. The average couple has snuggled 4 times and said I love you 6 times just over the past week. 24% say they're arguing less, but 25% say they are fighting more.
0: Do you think that the the some couples are arguing less because they realize that the world is about to end and they're like, "You know what? I might as well get a couple cuddles out of this. Let's just <laughs> why fight? What's the use? It's 2020. We might not see 2021."
1: Give me a hug. (laughs) In music news, Collective Soul's self-titled second album known as The Blue Album Among Fans is getting a deluxe reissue August 7th. The remastered version of the 1995 album will be reissued with six bonus tracks that mix live and acoustic performances plus the studio cut uh, That's All Right," which was previously available only on the Japanese edition of the album. Also on August 7th, Hints, Allegations and Things Left Unsaid and Collective Soul will both be reissued on vinyl. Collective Soul, not to be confused with their 2009 self-titled album, is the biggest-selling album with over 3 million copies in the U.S. containing three number one hits, December, The World I Know, and Where the River Flows. I kind of feel about Collective Soul the way I feel about Nickelback.
0: <laughs> they were the Nickelback of the 90s?
1: Yeah, I just just not, I don't hate them just not into them but i will say collective Mm -hmm. soul is great live they did our our anniversary concert it had to have been it was either 30 or 35 years we did a big uh like anniversary concert out at burgettstown whatever it was called then and they were really good live they rocked Dave Grohl, Beck, and Elvis Costello will be among the musicians taking part in Round Midnight Preserves, a streaming event held by the Preservation Hall Jazz Band of New Orleans. The the event is Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern at preshallfoundation.org, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch TV. The show will mix new performances with never-before-seen footage from past midnight preserves. Uh, money raised during the stream will benefit the Preservation Hall Foundation and the musicians who are part of the Preservation Hall Musical Collective. Bruce Springsteen voicing his anger over President Trump's response to the coronavirus pandemic. Springsteen went on the air this week on his Sirius radio show, From My Home to Yours, and said he originally planned on playing songs to celebrate summer. Instead, he said the mounting death toll from the coronavirus forced him to address the national tragedy and record an episode offering prayers and hope. Springsteen opened his show by saying how angry he was because of, quote, 100,000 plus Americans dying over the last few months, and the empty, shamed response from our leaders end quote. He added, "Those lives deserve better than just simply being inconvenient stats for a president's reelection efforts." Finally, Kim Kardashian is teaming up with Spotify for a podcast dedicated to prison reform, which is something that she's been campaigning for and has gotten at least two people out of jail. Uh, The Wall Street Journal reports she has signed a deal to do a podcast that would focus on the work with the Innocence Project. That podcast will aim to highlight the nonprofit legal organization seeking to overturn wrongful convictions. She will host and co-produce the show.
0: Kim Kardashian being an advocate for prison reform is one of the many things that makes 2020 feel like (laughs) some sort of acid fever dream it it, it just yes. doesn't make any sense like when you watch K- keeping up with the Kardashians the conversation is so shallow that your heels might not get wet if you watch it <laughs> and to think that somehow she's going to be on the forefront of something that needs to be done and that's so important is just one of the most bizarre things of all time
1: and she's visited the White House Which I guess, you know, we have another reality star in the White House, so that maybe shouldn't be much of a surprise. But, yeah, she's gone there as part of her uh, prison reform efforts. So, forecast today, showers, thunderstorms possible, 80 for the high, we're at 67 now at DVE. Joining us now from Barstool Sports, pardon my take, PFT commenter, good morning, how are you? A little delayed this morning, but... Uh, We all have or did have dogs, so we understand your pain. (laughs)
6: Good morning, guys. Email me okay.
1: Uh Uh-oh. We have an outer space connection. You sound like
0: a cyborg. Uh, All right. I'm
1: going to call back in. All right. He's going to call back in.
0: I think he's going Uh, to call back in. (laughs) 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 I think the dog uh, might have had an accident on his connection. <laughs>
1: that could be. I wonder how old his dog. Well, we'll have to find out how old his dog is. If it's a puppy, then yeah, you. No, it's nothing not is safe. Oh, it's Conversely, not. Conversely,
4: if it's old, if it's old, you can't teach it new oh.
1: tricks. Well, if it's old, there's nothing safe <laughs> either because they totally lose control at that point. Right. There's uh, really only teacher-
0: that little bit of a, a time period for a dog when they're not pooping in your house. <laughs>
1: From like what? what is How old is your dog, Bill? Like ten months? One, well, one, a year old already.
0: He's a year. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, we haven't dialed back up yet, Joe.
0: You see well, We of have big things to
1: talk bill? about.
4: That, in that yeah. one year, you see,
0: yeah, in the in the going to the bathroom in the house thing, yeah, part like yeah, he's he stopped that. It was funny because we we got a trainer. And the trainer says, oh, you got a Catahoula mix. This is a lot of dog. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know how some dogs uh, that hunt, they, they'll chase a, an animal up into a tree and then bark at it so the owner knows where it is. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, your dog will climb up the tree, kill the animal, and then bring it back to you. And I said, well, I just really want <laughs> him to stop pooping in my house. I do not I don't need him to do all that. Probably not going to go hunting. <laughs> So we focused on that.
1: Oh, no, no good with the connection on PFT commenter. That sucks because we had so much to talk to him about today. He was on Billions on Showtime on Sunday. And, uh, I was watching it and he walks into a scene. I'm like, is that PFT commenter? And it was him. So I was anxious to talk to him about that experience because we all watch Billions.
4: I I missed those guys completely, but I did catch the, uh, not so subtle slight uh, from axe to the steelers.
1: Oh, oh yeah.
0: See, I'm not caught up for I'm I'm only in the first season. I just started it because I heard you guys talking about it so much and wanted to start a new show. So, I'm only a couple uh episodes in in the first season, but I'm I'm loving it.
1: Yeah, I think this, is this season 4, Mike? 3 or 4?
4: I thought it was 5, but I could be wrong. Is it I think five? we have uh... <laughs> An improved connection here.
1: Yeah, let's uh, check it out now. Uh, PFT commenter, we got you good now.
8: Hey, can you guys hear me?
1: Ah, yes. We can hear you. Can you hear us?
8: I can hear you guys loud and clear. I'm sorry. T- this morning has been one of those things that just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. But uh, yeah, me and Leroy we're we're gonna make it through today. Okay. I, I just got woken up by the nice aroma of a sick dog, and that they should those <laughs> <make> a- oh. <laughs> They should make coffee that smells like a sick dog because I've never jumped out of bed faster than, than when I smell that. So, uh,
0: yeah. we're, we're right okay Gwyneth Paltrow here. makes a candle, I believe.
8: Great. There you go, Gwyneth. That, yeah, that's that's a, a great business model on her part. I mean, honestly, he probably smells <laughs> better than some of the other candles she makes.
1: What kind of dog
9: do you have?
8: He's an English Mastiff. So when he gets sick, oh. he, gets, he gets sick. Wow. He's like 130 that's... pounds. Yeah.
1: That is a lot yeah. to clean up. It is. On a good day. I mean,
8: he's actually he's actually the one that broke the news about Rob Gronkowski coming back to the Bucks. He's um he's our insider news hound at part of my take. And somebody slid into his DMs a couple months ago letting him know that uh, that Gronk <laughs> was working out with Tom down in Tampa Bay and that it was actually a real thing and they were working out the uh, the negotiations between the Bucks and the Patriots at the time. So Leroy tweeted this out from his account. And then, sure enough, you know, a couple couple weeks later, it all came to fruition. So that was pretty funny seeing Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport have to credit my dog on Twitter. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Well, the first thing I want to ask you about today is you were on Billions this week on Showtime.
8: I was. I was. There's a lot of how did that, going around.
1: How did that come about?
8: Well, I've been a fan of the show since... I guess 2012, whenever it debuted, I've been watching it, you know, and uh, and keeping up with uh, with storylines and everything. And going into season five, we invited the creator and showrunner, Brian Coppelman, to come on part of my take and just like you know, sit down, have a little conversation with us. And halfway through, we're talking about cameos and stuff and how he's great at getting all these people to to do walk on roles on Billions. And uh, because I think I'd asked Mark Cuban about it when we interviewed him. And Cuban was talking about what a great guy Brian is, and and how he like manages all the cameos and stuff. So I mentioned that to Brian. He's like, let's get you on the show. And sure enough, uh, a couple months later, I got an email from one of the production assistants there, saying, hey, are you serious? Did you actually want to do this? I was like, hell yeah, I do. So I show up, and they uh, they put me on set next to Cece Sabathia. And if you know anything about Cece, he is about six foot seven and I'm about five foot eight and a half, five foot nine. And they purposely stood me next. To him. I'm convinced about that, that. It was like a Jose Altuve Aaron Judge situation where they were just like, we're going to make PFG look tiny. And so uh, sure enough, not only did they have me next to CeCe, but they also had me in the background of the shot, which made CeCe look like he was three feet taller than me. Um, but uh, it did for a funny visual. And then, we decided that we weren't going to tell anybody until it came out and, uh, and have people all kind of surprised at the same time. But that was nice. It was also a nice little ego boost to go backstage there and, and go into the hair and makeup room. And the hair and makeup lady looked at me and she goes, is this how you normally look? And I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this, this is my normal look. And so, so she's like, OK, I guess we're just going to go with this."
1: <laughs> well, we're all big fans of the show, too. So it was it was exciting and fun to see you on there this
3: week.
8: Yeah, people were asking me after I got done with the shoot um, if, if I knew anything about what the, uh, what the plot line of season five was going to be. And I was like, I think Bobby's trying to buy a bank because that was really the only piece of dialogue that I heard. So um, I was a little bit ahead, ahead <laughs> of schedule on that one. But there is some, there's some Emmy buzz going around. I don't know. Do I get to accept the award with the rest of the cast if it does win? The- <laughs> I think so. I think so.
1: I'm going yeah. to say yes.
8: I'm just going to show up to the awards in a tuxedo and see if they kick me out. That's kind of how I live my life anyways.
0: <laughs> with Leroy, I think. You should That's right. show up yeah. with your dog.
8: <laughs> I'll get Leroy a little bow tie. He'll make a mess on the red carpet. It'll be great.
0: Are you, are you guys back uh, in the Barstool building, or are you still doing the podcast and other things remotely?
8: Uh, we are part-time back in the building. So um, Barstool looks like it's going to open up right after – Uh, Right after the 4th of July, we're going to have 25% people there. I don't know what that's going to mean. It's basically just going to be like Dave and whoever is filming Dave that day is back in the office. I'm I'm not sure what the exact order of operations is to get us in there. But we go in on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sunday nights, but we keep it like a skeleton crew. It's me, Big Cat, Hank. Bubba and Billy football. And uh, I don't know if you saw the news, but I swept Hank and ping pong. It was on a live stream. It was kind of a big deal. Uh Just four games to nothing. Just an absolute bloodbath. Hank, there's a lot of talk about him retiring from the sport right now because it was such an embarrassing thing that I did. To him. But we we go in and we do these live streams. We do some of Big Cat's Coach Doug's national championship game tonight. I believe it's uh, 9.17. 9.17 p.m., Coach Dougs is nice. playing in the national championship against University of Miami, so we're all going to be in the studio for that hyping big cat up there might be some confetti a Gatorade bath afterwards, definitely bringing in nice. some donuts for him so it's going to be a good time
0: um other than ping pong of the four major American sports, which one would you be um most excited to play? I mean for me it's kind of easy it It would be the n b a just because of the disney world um bubble thing they have going on what 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 is uh what sport do you think has it best figured out
8: uh yeah i think i, I the disney world thing is going to be hilarious because it's it's going to be like summer camp for a bunch of millionaires that uh would rather be anywhere else than locked under under a bubble with, <laughs> with with like the entire rest of the league but that's gonna be funny because uh they're gonna do they're gonna steal one of our ideas which is just turn it into Big Brother meets the NBA and just have cameras on these guys all the time. They'll be able to make a separate show out of it besides just doing the, uh, just just broadcasting the games. But I think uh, no honestly, I, I, think, I think what's that?
0: I said no doubt. There's a the, Yeah, the cameras are going to be on at all times.
8: Yeah, it's going to be incredible. I, I think uh, if it were me playing, probably college football, just because I'm lazy, and uh, there's so many guys on the roster, and whenever one person comes in that tests positive for COVID, they're going to have to shut down all the practices, all the workouts, all the weight room stuff during the week for everybody else until they, they disinfect the place. So just from the standpoint of not enjoying hard work, I would rather be a college football player so I can get some time off every now and again.
9: <laughs>
4: you know, we all want all this stuff back, but uh, are you looking at it differently? Do you think the, the Stanley Cup champion will be a legit Stanley Cup champion? Do you think if baseball plays, you call whoever wins the World Series? Or is this just the year of bubble boy tournaments and uh, made for uh, made for TV reality shows on on, on the field?
8: Only if the Penguins win. If the Penguins win, then there's a big asterisk on there. If uh, the Washington Capitals win, then that's totally legitimate and added to the record books. You might even call it a dynasty at this point if the Capitals win. So, uh, I, listen, I'm, I'm consistent in terms of my bias on that one.
0: I, I saw you guys had James Conner on the podcast the other day, and you asked him what is the more Pittsburgh tradition, right? Ribfest Fest or double renegade and yeah. what was his answer to that question that's a great question
8: he said renegade by far he said when renegade hits especially at a night game they always seem to they always tend to uh, pop up and make a big play and so he's a big fan of renegade I think that that was clearly his favorite tradition but record scratch I've had a lot of people from Buffalo reach out to me over the last two days and tell me that renegade is actually a Buffalo Bills tradition so this is like a who-day, who-dat. Yeah, hey, listen, I'm just a messenger. I'm not saying I agree one way or the other. But it's it's like the Bengals and the Saints trying to claim who-day, who-dat. I don't know who Renegade belongs <laughs> to because these, the Bills Mafia are, are adamant about the fact that playing Renegade during a game is a Western New York thing. So I don't know. Maybe you guys got to – do you guys play the Bills this year?
4: Yes, in Buffalo in December. Uh, but really to, to settle this argument – uh, Buffalo plays it, but loses the Steelers play it and they win. So the winners write the history and, uh, Buffalo who on that one.
8: That's, that's not a bad point. I would, I would just toss it out there that maybe this winner, uh, the bills versus, versus the Steelers, the winner gets renegade, the battle for renegade renegade ball. Ooh, I
4: like it. Cage I like
8: it. Yeah, let's do it.
1: PFT commenter from, pardon my take on Barstool Sports, appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks, as always, and uh, check those guys out and uh, follow them on Twitter and all that good stuff. So thanks. Uh, we'll check in with you in a couple of weeks.
8: Yeah, thanks for working with me this morning, guys. I appreciate it. Um, it's going to be okay. No worries. Anything? Of course, man.
1: <laughs> and we have Stan Saverin coming up at 945, and Mike Pursuit up next with a full sports report. It's a DVE More
8: details.
3: DVE Sports.
4: I'm for DVE Sports, uh, Let's hear a couple of more times from Josh Bell to close things out today. We have been detailing all morning today, Josh Bell's participation in a Major League Baseball Network roundtable entitled Being Black in Baseball and America that was hosted by Harold Reynolds of the MLB Network. It included Sharon Robinson, the daughter of Jackie Robinson, uh, Marlins pitcher Sterling Sharp, Diamondbacks pitcher John Duplantier, and Bell, the first baseman for the Buckos, that uh, has been posted on YouTube and on MLB.com. And uh, Josh Bell had a lot of really uh, compelling things to say uh, throughout the program, including his perception of what he could and couldn't do while growing up
5: can't go here, can't go there, you know, don't touch anything that you're not going to buy, you know, yes sir, no sir to police officers. Um, don't be out on the street. You know, I, my curfew when I could drive was like, you know, 1030. Uh, my mom would say, you know, nothing good happens at night. I, I didn't go to my first sleepover until I was a junior in school. Um, Cause like I said, I was, I was in an all white, pretty much life. And my mom was showing me research as a kid that if, you know, a person of color is molested by a non person of color, their rates of charging are like plummeted. Like it just doesn't happen. Um, and vice versa, if you're a person of color and someone says that you molested them, like your conviction rate is through the roof. Um, and so it was terrifying, you know, going outside whether it was getting pulled over or being in the wrong position at the wrong time. Um, you really just had to keep your, your blinders on, you know, focus on baseball for, focus on school, focus on your dream as a whole, focus on your goals um, just to get by.
4: Uh, Josh Bell also Mm. talked uh, with Harold Reynolds and the panel about uh, uh, what he is involving himself in and uh, how he's uh, making efforts to enact uh, social change for the better in the wake of the Black Lives Matter protests.
5: Yeah, I, I think the key is education. I think the key is continuing to understand the system that we live in, because without that understanding, we're not going to be able to enact any sort of change. Um, so first and foremost, we got to keep, you know, diving into the information, educating ourselves. And secondly, we have to be able to go out into our communities and promote the idea of hope. Because um, my dad comes from like the slums of Houston comes from a place called the fifth ward. Um, you know, and he's taking me through where he grew up, and it is nowhere that, you know, children should grow up in my mind. Um, it kind of looks like, you know, some sort of war zone. Just uh, it's, it's bad. Um, but he said the only thing that got him to college, the only thing that got him into sports and to end up being like one of the fastest cats in Texas was hope that he could do whatever he wanted to do, hope that he could do anything that he put his mind to, um, I think that it's really important for us to be that ideal of hope to our communities. We got to hold ourselves to a really high standard, um, for something that my parents told me growing up that I have to be that much better, that much stronger, that much faster, that much smarter than my white counterparts, just to have the same opportunities and understanding that and accepting that so that one day we might be able to change the system. So that's not the case. It's the only way we're gonna go about it. Because um, I, I don't think the system as a whole is gonna change unless more and more people of color are in power. So it's just understanding that we have to take that um, and run with it. We have to take the, the challenge and accept it and just you know continue to pass the baton forward.
4: Josh Bell of the Pirates, you know, it's um, encouraging to me. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm not seeing the whole picture. Maybe I am. But uh, the message of hope uh, seems to be one that a lot of people are expressing. Just in in recent weeks, we've heard uh, from people such as Victor Oladipo of the Pacers when he was on with John Calipari, Uh, the interview I did on Monday with uh, RMU president, Dr. Chris Howard, uh, Josh Bell. Uh, on the MLB uh, network roundtable. Address the problems. Identify the problems. Recognize the problems. Address the the problems, but don't lose hope that the problems can be solved if everybody puts their mind to it and and comes together toward that end, right?
0: Right.
1: Yeah, and things sure feel different this time.
0: Yeah. A lot uh, more people speaking out. A lot more people standing up, and a lot more feeling people more, feeling more comfortable to speak out.
1: Feeling more, more positive for the possibility of change.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Major League Baseball uh, made some progress yesterday, according to reports. Yesterday afternoon, uh, meetings between Commissioner Rob Manfred and uh, MLBPA Executive Director Tony Clark produced what uh, Manfred said in a statement uh, was the framework of a deal that would get baseball back on the field. Uh, Part of Manfred's statement included, quote, I am encouraging the clubs to move forward, and I trust Tony is doing the same. Uh, They gave ground on the prorated salaries management, willing to pay the full proration of the players' salaries, but only 60 games. That's uh, reportedly not enough for the Players Association, according to The Athletic and ESPN.com, so we'll see if uh, there's any wiggle room to uh, get some more games in there or if the players uh, can come off of that stance and baseball can get back on the field. It seems like they turned a corner, but sounds like uh, there's still a ways to go uh, before we see any baseball this summer. Uh, That's your DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuta.
1: Thanks, Mike. When we come back, we'll be joined by the godfather, Stan Saverin. It's a DVE. It's the DVE Morning Show. I'm Val Porter with Bill Crawford, Mike Bursuta, and Joe Rikiki, our producer. Joining us now, Stan Saverin. How are you today, Stan?
9: Hey, Val, Bill, Mike. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Pretty, Good. Much, Good. pretty, hey, pretty uh... much the
4: same, Stan.
0: <laughs>
9: <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I could have asked you the same thing three months ago. Hard to believe it's been three months, right?
0: Staggering. It's crazy.
1: Do you feel like things are ever going to get back to normal? I mean, I know they are, but it's mm-hmm. just like, come on, something
9: normal. Well, I mean, if we're using the TV morning show as a bomber for normal, then the answer is no, uh, definitely not. <laughs> um, that's abnormal all the time. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do think that um, after this experience, uh, hopefully, um, let's say next year at this time, before then, um, I, I do think, you know, people will do things differently. Uh, I, I think that people have found different ways uh, in business and their personal life to, you know, get things done, to conduct business. Uh, and I think, you know, sometimes, like they say, necessity is the mother of invention. So, uh, I mean, I think maybe you'll see more people working from home. Um, you know, I hope it doesn't cost jobs, but, you know, maybe people find out there's a more efficient way to do things. Uh, as far as sports is concerned, um, I, I think that the protocols uh, for health and safety uh, are going to be, you know, a little bit more stringent. Uh, I mean, I remember uh, after nine eleven, you know, people went nuts. You had to go through, uh, you know, a metal detector. I mean, once upon a time, you didn't have to do that at an airport. And people grumbled, but you get used to it. And, like, I guess everything or anything else, we'll get used to it.
4: Stan, am, am I thinking uh, too optimistically when I perceive that a corner has been turned into baseball talks or, uh, or do you think they are actually, uh, coming down the home stretch in terms of getting back and getting that deal ironed out?
9: I think they are, Mike. And, and the basic reason is, uh, is that finally the owners have agreed to play, pay them a hundred percent prorated of their salaries. um, You know what? If they were willing to do this in the first place, I understand that they didn't want to. um, But I also think that you have to calculate that, balance it, against the damage. Uh, I I really think that, you know, baseball was a sport. I don't want to go so far as to say it was in trouble. uh, But the health of the sport outside of the TV money they were generating uh, was not good. I mean, they had this. And I think you have to calculate, you know, squeezing every last dollar uh, squeezing blood out of a stone to calculate against the damages done. I mean, I realize that the perspective in Pittsburgh is different when it comes to baseball because of the, the Pirates' situation and people's thoughts about them. But I also think that there's sort of a rising trend um, of ambivalence toward baseball. Uh, and, and I think, because, like I said, people adjust. And I think the longer this is going on, uh, yeah, would I like to watch games? Yeah, but you know what? I'm doing okay without them. And I'll do okay without them if they don't come back this year. And I, I, I really think that they run the risk of this happening. Uh, so if they were willing to do that in the first place, you know, it's kind of like, you know, parking with a car salesman, with all due respect and apologies to car salesman. He goes high, ah, you go low, and eventually, you know, after, you know, hours of painstaking uh, agony, you reach a price. And, and, and if they were willing to do that, now they go there almost immediately. I I really think they kind of saved themselves a lot of aggravation if they've done it more quickly. Uh, I think that that was the big sticking point. I mean, there are other issues how many games they play. Obviously, the more games they play on a prorated salary, the more money they're going to make. Uh, They say right now 60. I would imagine that'll go up. Uh, But they've recently, on the premise of prorated salary, 100%, and, and that was the sticking point.
0: Stan, finally, the the commissioner and the owners are getting some bad PR. But I, I was curious why you think the players always end up with the egg on their face. They are millionaires, which is you know not. It's not like they're uh, living check to check, but they always end up taking the brunt from from the fan base. And I'm just curious why why you think that is when they have a very finite amount of time that they're able to make money and the owners are able to make millions and billions of dollars over the course of their whole lifetime of ownership. I don't understand why the, the onus is on the players to make it happen and to keep uh, assuming all of the, the risk and taking all of the cuts when the owners, it's just a a blip on the radar for them. It's one year where they don't get to print money.
9: Well, you know what, Bill, I think generally you're right. I think generally um, because the fan, it's easier to relate for the, to the employee and they look at how much money they make and, you know, how hard people have to work for their paycheck and say so they're playing a game. Um, I, I think that it's more relatable than it is to a guy who's raking in a billion. I do think, mm-hmm. however, that this time the landscape has changed drastically. Uh, this may, may or may not be, it's certainly not scientific. But I ran a Twitter poll earlier this week. Uh, who, who do you blame the most for all this when talks were broken off and it wasn't going well and so on and so forth? And 68% blamed the owners. Only a third blamed the players. Um, and in the past, it's basically the players who go out on strike. They didn't have to, at least in the minds of the fans, uh, no matter what the owners were trying to do to them, uh, but I, this time it changed. Uh, I, I think that a lot of people, like you were saying, Bill. Uh, to me, if you if you and I open a pizza shop um, and we hope to make money, but there's also the risk that maybe we don't. Maybe our pizza is stinks. Maybe we're in a bad location. <laughs> Who knows? To, but there's a risk of uh, business owners losing money but not in Major League Baseball, it's a mm-hmm. guaranteed printing press for money. And I think people said, in this unusual time, why shouldn't, like any other business owner, take the risk of losing a little bit in the short term? And they didn't do themselves any favor when that war Bill the Mitwick of the Cardinals, said it's really not that profitable. He brought the Cardinals, one of the most profitable franchises in Major League Baseball, $450 million in 1995, it's now worth over $2 billion with a B. Then, when they're just hmm. shutting down negotiations, they announced they signed a $1 billion with a B TV contract with TBS Sports for the playoffs. Uh, their messaging stink. I mean, you know, whoever their PR person, uh, probably the same guy that was the PR person for the Titanic.
1: <laughs> St- stan who's on the show today on the show today
4: well we've got the be, captain uh, of
9: the titanic <laughs> well yeah I, I hate to give the titanic a back name and sends a major league baseball uh that would be a much better job <laughs> being on the titanic than, than being on a baseball ship uh, uh mark madman <laughs> today uh it's stan at guy day and going to talk to a writer named Morris John, he is the baseball writer of a Forbes magazine, and he has been covering these labor negotiations. And has, uh, I've read some of his articles, he's really been on top of it. He'll join us at 120 to kind of give us the lowdown in what's going on.
1: Very good. Listen to Stan, AM 970, at 106.3 FM. Appreciate you joining us this, uh, this morning, Stan. We'll talk to you soon.
9: Always my pleasure, guys. See you next week. Uh,
1: thanks as well to PFT commenter for joining us this morning tomorrow on the show Sean Collier and David Coverdale of Whitesnake Oh, so they have a, a new uh, re-release of Slided In coming out and uh, some other stuff going on so we'll talk to him tomorrow as well that's it for us Michelle Michaels up next with the Electric Lunch at Noon here on
3: DVE
7: I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I
8: ain't got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby.
0: For now, you guys call me Ronald.
8: Would you not eat my pants?
0: Ronald. Ah! Ah!
8: You always say ah at the end of the ride.
0: Uh-huh.